She moved into the council home in Bronte Paths in June last year after her mother Sarah was diagnosed with cancer. Her mother, who paid all the bills and was the registered tenant, died in July this year. Stevenage Borough Council says that because Gemma can't prove she's been living there for 12 months, they've given her notice to leave. Too many patients going to accident and emergency units in beds, hearts and bucks has led to two hospitals going on red alert. Bedford and Stoke Mandeville hospitals report days when they've had no more beds available. More from Carol Abercrombie. Stoke Mandeville Hospital in Buckinghamshire is currently on red alert and Bedford Hospital was in that situation earlier this week. All our hospitals have had an increase in numbers of people coming to A&E compared to the same period last year. On Monday, Watford had 295 patients, which is 28% higher than their usual attendance. Central Bedfordshire Council is demanding that the decision about a huge house extension in Barton is made in public. Planning inspectors who said the extension could stay have been told to consider the application again. Conservative councillor Nigel Young says although they gave Syed Shah permission to alter his house, he went well beyond what they agreed he could do. We're pressing the Department of Communities and Local Government planning inspectors to actually hold an inquiry in public for this so we can put our case and Mr Shah can put his case. But ultimately, uh, if the outcome goes the way we would want, because it has not got planning permission, um, he has to return it to what uh, the original planning permission agreed. In sport, Stevenage are out of the FA Cup after losing 2-1 to Maidstone United in their first round replay last night. Despite Borough equalising just two minutes after losing the lead, the home side got the winner with three minutes left on the clock. The weather will be bright at first but turning cloudy without breaks of rain. Top temperatures around 10 degrees Celsius, that's 50 degrees Fahrenheit. You can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Hey, whoa, hey! BBC. See Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. It's small enough to be friendly, but it's big enough to have quite a few things. What does that mean? This week, we're exploring Chesham. I've lived here eight, nearly 83 years in the same house. I'm 72. Well, that doesn't make sense. Where you live. I have had Chesham described as a northern town down south. Who said the that? big tour of them. beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Chesham Partak. I don't want people making love while I'm talking. What? Morning, guys. It's Friday. We're all a little bit excitable because, because, because. Kelly Betts is here. Hello. Catherine Boyle is here. Yeah. Don't know where Justin is. Um, Catherine and I, we had a little road trip yesterday and we saw one of Britain's greatest... Cel- we not told you who we saw in London. No, who did you see? Where did you go? Well, I thought I'd spotted the greatest lookalike ever and then I realised it was the actual person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <gasps> who was it? And what was my cry? You went, stringy. Actual stringy! It was Peter Stringfellow. Oh, stringy! Stringy came to the restaurant we were in. He couldn't get a seat. Because he, we were in it. He was escorted off the premises. Oh. Actual Stringy. Actual Stringy. So we are charting the rise, the fall and the rise of Actual Stringy. When have you seen Actual Stringy? Where have you seen Actual Stringy? And when have you seen Actual Peter Stringfellow? 08459 455 555. <laughs> Good talking, mate. It's a, it's a great talking. You're, you're thinking we'll get so many calls on when people have seen Peter Stringfellow. Actual Stringy. Actual, but it's got 
to be actual stringy. We're not accepting any stringer likes. No, 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 no stringer likes this morning. Stop stringing us along, guys. 08459 455 555. Other bits and pieces, evictions, elections, and dear demonstrations. Huh? Oh, uh, what? Hmm? 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts, and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Got that song that I asked for? No, because you've been too busy chatting no. about what you get up to in the shower. No, it's coming. Exactly. We do have fun in the shower, though, don't we, Ken? <laughs> oh, wait, four, five, nine. I need you to be in it with me. Four, double, five. I'd like to make sure you're doing it right. Five, double, five is the telephone number if you'd like to give us a call and tell us where you have seen actual Stringy. Not we the Stringer-like. We saw him yesterday. He looks old. He looks really old. He's always looked old. But now he looks older. Beautiful young wife, beautiful young baby. Or maybe it's a future wife. I, we just don't know. We just don't know. It might know. have been his daughter or his granddaughter. You, we, <laughs> <laughs> it might have been a young friend. It might oh, have been a protégé. Or it might have been his lover and their child. <laughs> That's kind of what I'm thinking. 08459 555. We don't do requests, but Carpet Martin asked for a song yesterday. I thought, do you know what? We'll have some of this. It's the Beach Boys. Always fearing 
the Beach Boys, isn't it? That's for Carpet Martin, who tweeted me. It's not, it's for me. He reminded me that's a great song. And I don't think he's awake yet, so we might play it again later. What's your beef? I haven't got beef. Doesn't Bo- sound like the Beach Boys, though, does it? No, it doesn't sound like the Beach Boys, no. It's the 70s Beach Boys. It sounds like a um, yeah. Paul McCartney job. No, it doesn't sound it does like a bit. It doesn't sound anything like a Paul McCartney job. I think so. I'll give you a Paul McCartney job in a minute. Please don't. Now, a woman is facing eviction from her family home in Stevenage following the death of her mother. Gemma Sheldrick says despite the fact she's been living in the property for the last year, the council won't let her live there. Before she died of cancer, Gemma's mum, Sarah, had been honoured by the Queen for her community work. I'd love to get your thoughts on this and whether you think... Um, that Gemma, we'll speak to Gemma later on, but whether you think that she should be allowed to stay there or whether the council are right. Catherine Boyle's been looking into this. What's the background to this story, please? Well, Gemma's mother died of cancer in July, aged 46. That's Gosh, no age at all, no. is it? And just a few months after she was named as a recipient of the British Empire Medal for her community work in the Queen's New Year's Honours. At the Pride of Stevenage Awards in October... A se- I'm going to sneak. <laughs> well, bless you. I've got, that's never... Uh... <laughs> Sorry. It's never a professional thing to do, is it? I had to announce it. At the Pride of Stevenage Awards in October, a ceremony which was part organised by Stevenage Borough Council, Sarah was honoured again posthumously for her efforts in the community. And Gemma says that in June last year, she moved in with her mother in the address in Bronte Paths to help her through her cancer. The property was registered in the name of her mother, obviously, who paid all the bills. The problem is for her to take over the tenancy. The council wanted evidence that Gemma was living there for the past year, including, according to Miss Sheldrick, month-by-month bills and a tenancy agreement. But you see, no formal agreement was made and the bills are not in her name, they're in her mother's name, so she can't prove she's been living there at all. Um, The council have now given her notice to leave the two-bedroom property. Uh, We're speaking to Gemma later on, but but, but just give us a little uh, brief summary of what she says. She says all her post was sent to her previous address in Osterley Close, which she shared with her ex-boyfriend, and where she still pays the rent. Speaking about her family home, she says that she's grown up there. She says, it does scare me because obviously it's my home and it's a more secure home than anywhere else. Consider all the stories you hear about people getting away with so much and they still have a home. We as a family have done nothing but give to the community, but it's me they tried to get out. It's a kick in the teeth. So she obviously feels that her mother's record as a community fundraiser and an activist um, should stand in her favour. Talking about facing eviction, she told us that she would be gutted because it's her family home. She says, I was brought up there and have lived here pretty much all my life and my nan lives next door, so it would be difficult for her. When it comes to someone passing away, it's never easy. The lead-up is difficult and after, there is so much you have to do that just reminds you of it. This just makes it harder. Uh, Gemma also told us that a panel hearing was booked for the 23rd of October at Stevenage Borough Council to discuss her case, but she said that was cancelled. We're speaking to Gemma. Are we speaking to Stevenage Borough Council? No. No, unfortunately, it's another pen friend's job. Uh, Stevenage Borough Council is refusing to put up anyone for interview, but they did send us a statement. In order for anyone to take over a tenancy, we ask for evidence showing that they've lived at the house for 12 consecutive months before the date of death. As Miss Sheldrick has not yet been able to provide this, we ask that she contact our housing advice team who will be able to offer her advice and guidance on her housing options. Uh, your thoughts on this please, 08459 455 555. Should she be allowed to stay there or do you think that the council in this case are right? <laughs>
guys. When have you seen actual Stringy? Peter Stringfellow. We've all seen him. We've all come across him. Kath got um, very excited when you saw him in That There London yesterday. Well, I've been meaning to call him. What? I've been meaning to call him. I think you're about 20 years too late, my darling. That's what you think. Yeah, what? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's starting to look a little bit busy on the speed sensors in Bricketwood on the North Orbital Road. It's very heavy around the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. Having a look elsewhere in Milton Keynes on the A421 Standing Way, there's roadworks in place there at the Kingston roundabout. So expect delays through there later on, but it's looking fine on the cameras at the moment. And in Roxton on the A1 Great North Road, there's the roadworks going on to the Black Cat roundabout. That's not causing any delays so far, but again, it's likely to get very busy later on. Having a look at the M1, it's moving very well in both directions at the moment. No reports any problems on the A1M, but a bit further afield on the M11 northbound. It's down to one lane between Junction 5 for Loughton and 6 for the M25 because M25 because of an accident earlier on. So no reports of any problems so far on the trains. Samantha Bruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you so much, Samantha Bruff. 6.16, it's Friday. Sing Hosanna's what? It's the 21st of November. We're just over a month away from Christmas. Sweet. These are your headlines. UKIP is uh, the second... What? UKIP... Sorry. Let me... Yeah, whoa. Hey. Nah. Excuse me. I've got to sneeze. UKIP has its second elected MP after winning the Rochester by-election. A woman from Stevenage who cared for her mother until she passed away is now fighting eviction from the council home where they lived. And in sport, Stevenage has been knocked out of the FA Cup. BBC Three Counties Radio. The thing about Roberta is he never leaves the studio. Yabu sucks, Roberta. Even though it's still only November, some places are getting a little bit Christmassy. So next Wednesday, I'm heading over to Bedford for their annual light-switching-on celebrations. I'll be based at the Bedford Swan Hotel, finding about all the stalls, coming face-to-face with some reindeer, aye, aye, and maybe meeting the man himself. Roberto Peroni. Live from Bedford's Christmas light switch on, next Wednesday from 3 here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Kath just said, what was that, a fart? I said, no, it was the sound of a reindeer. Oh, man, putting the boys... I got to put the boys to bed last night. And we were in... Uh, this is so uh, so childish. They're four and two and I'm 41, for goodness sakes. We're having farting competitions. My youngest... Careful. What? You want to be careful. Yeah. <laughs> the winner could be the loser. Particularly when they're sound your, your head. But I, my two-year-old was in proper, genuine hysterics. You know when they just can't stop laughing? It was the... It was so wonderful. And that got me... And I never laugh. I'm a miserable old git. And I was laughing. Sweet, apart from the, you know... You explained to your daughters what... Um, I mean, do you want to have this conversation? Well, I was talking about Stringy and seeing actual Stringy. Yeah. Peter Stringfellow for those guys who, who aren't hip to the scene. Um, and my daughter said, who is Stringy? Who's actual Stringy? And I said, he runs a special club where ladies take their clothes off while they're dancing. Yep. She thought that was hilarious. Yeah. One, a ridiculous idea, yeah. and two, that they got their bottoms out. Your sister wanted to be a stripper. She did. Well, she, had, she had two career paths she could have followed. Stripper or a tramp. Wow. Which one did she go for? Actually, she's a... What, mm. Here's well, the thing. Is she stripping? No. Is she tramping? tramping. Mm. Here's the thing. Why would anybody 
anybody wants to be a stripper. Why do strippers want... They can't want to be strippers. No one can want... Expressive, isn't it? No, it's not expressive. It's... But some people enjoy doing things that they're good at. Well, I, I'm good at taking my clothes off. I do it every day, almost. There you go. But why would you, why would you go and you do that? You get paid for doing that. It's a crazy idea. Whoever thought of it, obviously, is weird. But if it works, it works. But I just don't know. I, I could, but, my, but my daughters are right. It's a <gasps> ridiculous you know what we idea. Could do? We could pay for people to put their clothes on. So? They'll start off naked. Yeah. And then you'll see them put the clothes on, and then you give them money and say thanks. Yeah, you, go you, away. You Next. don't call it giving it money, you call it making it rain. I've seen uh, Rihanna videos. <laughs> making it rain! Well, you chuck pennies at them. No, not pennies. No? That would hurt, especially if they've not got any clothes on. I don't get why anyone would want to, I get why people would want to see it, but I don't get why anyone would want to. Have some respect for yourself, sisters. I, I respect you. That's why I'm going to put £10 in your stocking top, but... <laughs> it does sometimes feel good to take off a coat, though. So maybe yeah. it's like that, but like a lot. Don't knock it till you've tried. It does. Yeah. I know. I know what you mean. When yeah. you've got, if you've got really tight shoes on or high yeah. heels, maybe it's that kicking those bad boys off. I'm gonna take my blazer off now. Yeah. Put yeah, a tenner yeah. in her stocking. I felt, that felt it good. just. But why, why would anyone do that? Why would Why would anyone want to? Do you know? Do you know what? Do you know what I'm gonna do? I am gonna take my clothes off in front of lonely old men whose wives don't know they're here. Rhythmically. Rhythmically. Is that like rhythmically? Rhythmically. Rhythm is a dancer. Yes. 08459 four double five five double five. Can I just say my sister did want to be a stripper, but there was a caveat. Yes. Oh, you're not allowed to wear those. She, uh, she would only be a stripper if she could keep her bar on. There we go, you see. heart for me October, a se- I'm going to sneak.
in October, except... I'm going to sneak. I'm going to sneak. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Alert levels have been reached at two accident and emergency hospitals in Beds, Hearts and Bucks before the main winter peak period. Patient admissions to accident and emergency reached the highest red alert level at Stoke Mandeville and Bedford this week, while other hospitals in the three counties report that their admissions have risen. The Lister Hospital in Stevenage has seen the number of of people arriving in ambulances at its A&E department go up by 8%. We can speak now to Peter Gibson, who's Communications Manager for East and North Hertfordshire NHS Trust. Uh, Morning, Peter. Morning. What's the pressure like on the A&E departments at the Lister Hospital in Stevenage? Well, one of the things about A&E is that there's a typical cycle. It's very busy in the winter months, it begins to ease off a little bit in the spring, quieter in the summer, and then it begins to ramp up back up for the winter. And we really haven't seen any changes this year since last January. It's remained busy throughout that whole period. Now, we're coping, but it's just busy constantly. Does that mean, are you expecting it to stay the same through winter, or will that that, that prolonged period of busyness, will that increase? That's the, the, what we don't know yet. We don't know whether what we're seeing now is just the new steady state, that's just the way things are, or whether we'll see a further increase into the winter. We're preparing for that, but obviously that's the worry. Will the the list be able to cope if it goes up? I mean, it, it is a real challenge, but one of the things that we have, which is a, a real boon, if you like, at this time, is that we've just obviously opened our brand new emergency department. It's twice as big as it was before. The capacity's increased. We've got more wards behind it. And with the help of our clinical commissioning group, we've actually opened up even more beds uh, to cope with these extra number of attendances. And it's not so much the attendances that matter. It's the level of admissions. Uh, so what we're actually seeing is a higher percentage of more sick patients coming into the emergency department. The old split used to be roughly 60-40 between very sick people and people with perhaps less life-threatening injuries and illnesses. It's now sort of approaching more like 80-20. Uh, the East of England Ambulance Trust has suggested that uh, the loss of the A&E department at the QE2 in Welling could be a factor. Absolutely nothing to do with it. And uh, quite frankly, I don't know why they're saying that because the figures we provided you were for the whole trust. And so, therefore, there is, you know, we're providing like with like. There is no, no, no impact from that. And, in fact, the majority of the blue light ambulance conveyances uh, for the, uh, the QE2, things like emergency surgery, uh, heart attacks, strokes, have been coming to the Lister for over two years. Have you got any, con- are, are there contingency plans, Peter? If, if there is a sudden, um, you know, peak during the, during the cold snap, what, what's the, the plan there? Well, you know that uh, the government uh, just recently announced more, more, min- more money for, for winter planning, and that's going into extra beds and extra staff. Uh, and, uh, you know, we, we, we'll, we'll take on the winter, we're working closely with the ambulance service and with our co- colleagues in the care commissioning groups to ensure that whilst it will no doubt remain very busy, that we will cope. Peter, good to talk to you. Thank you very much indeed. Peter Gibson, Communications Manager for East and North Hertfordshire NHS Trust. On FM, AM, online and digital radio. This is Ian Lee. On BBC Three Counties Radio. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hang on, I'm just going to sneeze. Kath, you all right? I'm going to sneak. What? Hey, mate. Two the, 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 the two interesting stories about politics today. Tell me one. 
Okay, well, we'll do we'll do the the, the big, I guess the slightly bigger story a little bit later on. But the front page of the there's a weird story. The front page of the Mail, the Sun, the Guardian. I mean, these papers all came out before the um, the, 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 the by-election result where you could one, which is the other story. But they all have. Labour, this is the Sun. Labour MP resigns over dig at white van man's England oh, flags. Yeah. I'm surprised because I saw the tweet yesterday, and I, I, did, I mean, I thought it's probably a little bit ill-advised. She put a picture of um, a house with a white van out the front and uh, two uh, untainted flags of St George, tatty, horrible things hanging from a window, and another one with a football crest on. She made a kind of snobbish remark. Image from hashtag Rochester, where UKIP were last night set to win a by-election. Well, she's now stood down. She's resigned for that. All right, it was ill-advised. And the, the, the Sun story is obviously slightly loaded. A rich Labour MP caused fury yesterday by seeming to sneer at a white van man's England flags. I'll be honest, they look flipping horrible. They look flipping horrible. Goes to, goes to page four and five of the paper. The, the gentleman's in there. I'll describe him. Is the description relevant? Um, yes, it is. Big, bald fella, tats all over his arms. He's a big lad. MP's a snob, I'll keep my fa- flags flying. White Van Dan hits back. Isn't that all that was required, just that response? Did she need to stand down? It looked, I'll be honest, it looks flipping horrible. We've said this before, I think uh, the flag of St George hanging from people's windows looks absolutely horrible. Particularly when they're in, in a completely ragged state like this fella's. They're dirty, they're horrible. Um, but she's, she's, she's stood down, I would imagine. Go to The Guardian. Shadow Minister quits after tweaked gaff. A senior Labour MP has resigned from Ed Miliband's shadow cabinet over accusations of snobbery. Emily Thornbury, the shadow attorney general, quit after tweeting a picture of a house decked in three St George's flags. I think that's ridiculous that she's... she's I, I, I would imagine she's been told to stand down. Because Labour obviously are... Um, can we say cacking at themselves on the radio? They're feeling slightly windy. Thank you. Thank you very much indeed. Um, and they get, I'm going to sneak. Oh, for, oh. All right. That's me. Um, and, uh, but standing, that's not a standing down offence, is it? So, OK, let, let's put this if out there. people aren't allowed to say stupid stuff on Twitter anymore, we might as well close down <laughs> Twitter. A, a Labour MP tweeted a picture of what, to be honest, looks like a horrible place. Is white van. Not judging the white van, it's the flags that does it for me that I think makes it look a little bit scummy, she's had to stand down from her job. Does it sound sensible? I don't think so. Here's what I think. Go on, Catherine. Catherine's, any... Catherine's point of view. If you stick anything out of your window, you're asking for attention. You got attention. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Amersham, having a look at the speed sensors through the roadworks on White Line Road, and that's not causing any delays at the moment, but the roadworks are at Little Reeves Avenue, so that could get busy later on. In Roxton on the Great North Road, there's roadworks going on to the Black Hat Roundabout. It's moving fine at the moment, looking at the cameras, but that is likely to get busy as we get into the morning rush hour this morning. Having a look further afield on the motorways, the M11 northbound has very slow at the moment between Junction 5 for Loughton and 6 for the M25 after an accident, but that accident has now been moved to the hard shoulder, so it should be moving again as normal very soon. Having a look at the trains, if you're commuting into London, no delays are showing up at the moment on the departure boards. Smart Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's half past 
six, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines. The UK Independence Party has its second elected MP after winning the Rochester and Strood by-election. Mark Reckless, who defected from the Tories, won the seat with a majority of just under 3,000. A woman from Stevenage who cared for her mother until she passed away is now fighting eviction from the council home where they lived. Stevenage Borough Council says Gemma Sheldrick doesn't have the right to stay there. And there's concern that casualty departments are struggling to cope with a growing number of patients. Over the past week, Bedford and Stoke Mandeville hospitals have closed their doors because no beds were available. The weather will be bright at first but turning cloudy with outbreaks of rain. Top temperatures around 10 degrees Celsius. That's 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Stevenage are out of the FA Cup after losing 2-1 to Maidstone United in their first round replay last night. The home side got the winner with three minutes left on the clock. Refusing to blame the defeat on the 3G pitch, Stevenage manager Graham Wesley praised his opponents. They were more than a match for us over the two games. Um, we played them on grass, we played them here, people talk about the surface, it's not about the surface, their appetite and their attitude to, to winning, their know-how in terms of winning, um, they've got some good quality players there, lads who are way below the level they're capable of playing at, and uh, they deserve to beat us. Stevenage play Northampton tomorrow. It's the MK Dons against Port Vale, while Luton travel to Burton Albion and Wickham play Cheltenham. Watford face Championship leaders Derby, and the Hornets boss Slavisa Djukanovic is excited at the prospect. I expect it's going to be perfectly day for for us, front of our supporters, fighting with top team in the championship. Really, I like how Derby play games, but I gonna we are we are working for try best way for us uh, fighting against uh, against them. Lewis Hamilton says he doesn't feel under pressure ahead of the title-deciding Abu Dhabi Grand Prix this weekend. Hamilton leads Mercedes teammate Nico Rosberg by 17 points and needs to finish second if Rosberg wins to secure the title. Hamilton says his familiarity with the circuit could work in his favour. It's a great circuit. It's generally suited the car that I, I had um, when I was back in McLaren years ago and it's definitely a track that has suited my driver's style in the past, um, but every year is different, and um, I hope to take that positivity into this weekend. And that's BBC Three Counties News and Sport with more at 7 o'clock. In October, except I'm going to sneak. If you hear a whisper, give us a shout. Ian Lee. BBC so, Three Counties Radio. Where have you seen actual stringy Peter Stringfellow? Where and when have you seen him? 08459 455555. Front page of... I'm surprised it's the front page of so many papers. This, um, uh, um, uh, Emily Thornbury, the Shadow Attorney General, tweeting a picture of, um, a bloke's house with a white van. The white van to me is irrelevant. It's um, the horrible, dirty St George's flags he's got flying. And we've said this before, I do think it looks... I mean, Chavi is, 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 is a lazy word, but it, you kind of know what I mean by that, don't you, when I say that? It looks Chavi and horrible. She shouldn't right. have stood down. The World Cup isn't on. There's no reason to be displaying this unless you're making some sort of statement, I would argue. Embarrassed leader Ed Miliband issued a public dressing down to Ms Thornbury. Oh. This is Ed Miliband who got his backside whopped by um, a pop singer, Mylene Class. For goodness sakes. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Your thoughts on that, please. Was she right to stand down? Was she right in implying that it looks a bit scummy? Really. And the other political story, of course, is that um, UKIP have won another by-election. There are now 
two UKIP MEPs. I'd love to know. We might, we'll send Justin out on either of these. I suspect he'll want to go for the flag one, but we'll, we'll get him on at about 10 too and find out which one tickles his fancy. Um, but uh, UKIP now have two uh, 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 MPs, and I just wondered how that made you feel, dear listener. Was that exciting? Was that good? Was that sad? What, 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 what? Do you think it's one in the eye for the man? Well, the, I listened to um, um, uh, the, the gentleman's speech. What's his name? Restless. Keith Restless. Mark Reckless. Rest- Reckless. That's the fella. And um, his speech was, he was playing down the fact that he was suggesting that immigrants should be sent back last week. And he said that he was that, that, that they were the party for the working people. They were the party uh, for the unemployed, for the employed. Basically, they're the party for everyone. He says he's got black friends and he's got European friends. And so they're the party for everyone. Uh, He did have a majority before of about 7,000 when he was a Tory. That was down to 3,000. But the Tories threw everything they had at this election to try and win it. Another interesting thing, Lib Dems got, I think... 349, I think, votes. 349 votes. The Greens got about 4,000. The Lib Dems are in terrible... I'm I'm not a massive follower of politics, but... I do think these are really interesting times. The, ne- the general election is going to be uh, quite an exciting one. Well, UKIP started out as a bit of a joke, didn't they? Everyone sneering at them. You yep. know, the popular press thought that Farage was a bit of a comedy character. Maybe now it's time to take them seriously because this is more than a protest vote, isn't it? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Two political stories there. Uh, hanging flags outside of your of your house was the, the uh, was Emily Thornby right to step down, uh, and the the uh, result last night. UKIP um, well giving uh, the Tories a, a spanking. And the Lib Dems are sound thrashing around their bot bots. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. What else you got in the papers? Some of the first dinky toys ever made have fetched almost fifty thousand pound at auction. Flipping Ada! Two boxes containing twelve rare delivery vans from the firm's infancy in nineteen thirty-three were snapped up by a private collector. Miniature lead vehicles, so Deadly vehicles. Don't lick those vehicles. Were the first to boast advertising, and the brands emblazoned on their sides include Oxo, Kodak, Meccano and Castrol Oil. They're still going today. Experts at special auction services in Newbury, Berkshire, were amazed when the toys, which cost the equivalent of two and a half pence in the 1930s, fetched double their estimated guide price. I bet there are people out there who are sick at the sort of the, the toys that they have had chucked out in the past. Here we go. How running slows a... Oh, yeah, I've had some... T- oh, yeah. I, well, like we were just saying... You got that letter. You kept that. You fished that letter from your um, six-year-old out of the bin. Uh, the father letter to Father Christmas, asking for a phone and uh, a tablet. I threw all my kind of stuff away when I was like twenty, twenty-one, and I was kind of I threw everything out. That's the past. I'm chucking that. What an idiot! What an idiot! What a plum! How running slows aging. Well, mm. uh... running can help slow. A- you go and look at a runner. Is that because it's kind of time travel? What? Because you're getting there faster than someone else. No. You're in the future. And it's it, Because it's by making people more energy efficient. People with an average age of 69 who run three times a week. There's a lot of maths here. Hang on. People with an average age of 69 who run three times a week for a minimum of 30 minutes can walk as efficiently as someone in their 20s. What does that even mean? They can walk when as was, efficiently. When I was in my 20s, I didn't realise how efficiently I was walking. No. You just don't. You do don't. You? T- you take that for granted. Yeah. Um, the thing is, if you look at the face of a runner, they are haggard beyond belief. Yeah. They are completely Merle Haggard. It's an awful, horrible look. I mean, look at look at the Radcliffe. Yeah, when she's running. It doesn't look like fun to me. No, well, she has to. We know what she. We know the Paula Radcliffe way, don't we? Yeah. But, oh, yeah. Why are you doing a Stevie Wonder? Because that's what she does when she's running. She's like it's leading not, herself on not, with her head. It's not only what she does, is it, Peter? 
Uh, good morning. So you know, you know what Paula Radcliffe does when she's running, don't you? No. Uh, oh, yes, I do, yeah. actually. Yeah. Yes, you do. Well, I'm, only on one occasion. Yeah. Well, well, that's no. one too many. Apparently it's quite common, and <laughs> no, no, hardened no, no. runners will do that. Sort if, of you, if you run a marathon, it, lo- it loosens your bowels. That is a fact. I'm not no, even... Be- no, no, no. They, they drink a lot of water to sustain That's them, not so. Peter. That's not what she did. I know, but that's why she loses water. Yeah, she lost <laughs> water. She, then what was she eating then to make her lose that? No, no, no. It's not what she's eaten. Be- no. She ate that before she ran. Yeah, well, she shouldn't have eaten that. <laughs> anyway, but it's true. <laughs> you, if you run, if you're a, a long-distance runner, it, it loosens your bowel. Anyway, Peter, what do you want to have a whinge about today? I just wanted to talk about the by-election, basically. Yeah, go on. I think they've got even bigger problems with that because people, many people like me yes. would wish the Scottish National Party oh. to put up candidates in England because oh. I think they're already going to get the balance of power anyway. What? And uh, if they put up candidates in England, I think there's quite a few would get elected on their social policies. Hello? But they don't care about England. What are you talking about? If they're... What do you mean they don't care about well, England? Uh, We've got some great Scottish people here. The Scottish National Party. They, they're, they're for Scotland, aren't they? It doesn't... No, 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 no. The Scottish National Party. They That's want to rethink their called. title, then. That's the name. Mm. I mean, if, uh, if they put up candidates in it, well, Salmon's going to stand anyway. Yeah, but 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 Kathy's pulling a confused face, and I... <laughs> well, she may be confused, but I've followed politics for many, many years, well, and I'll tell you straight, okay. well, so she needn't be confused. You needn't be. Oh. Uh, N-E-E-T-E-N, you needn't be. But the thing is, they're the Scottish Nationalist Party. Why would they want to get involved in English politics? And well, why would anyone in England vote for them? Because if they want to get everything they require, they should uh, get as many seats as... But who's going to vote for them? Peter, you're insane. Who's going to vote for them? There are many thousands... Because they've got no other parties to vote for, there's many thousands of English people would vote for them because of their social policies. In Scotland? It don't matter where it is. Peter, I'm going to let you go, because I think you might have been at the old sherry a little I bit too early. I think it kind of does matter. I mean, why don't we vote for, um, I don't know, Le Front National? Because <laughs> they've got some strong policies. What, what, hmm. You're actually raising your nose in the air. Don't get it. There's a big question mark that's just appeared over your head. I know. Uh, Kev's in Northampton. Good morning, Kev. Hey, morning, Ian. Hey, Kev. Morning, Kev. Yeah, listen, I, I saw that video of you the other day. Um, which, which, hang on, which video? And you look terrible. You look well out of shape, mate. Which, which video? Which video? Oh, you uh, down at the, uh, the caravan park, the mobile home, chasing the car. After that guy. What video? There's no video of it. Why not? Well, aha! Well, okay, let's assume in your fantasy world you do have video of me running. What, what would you like to suggest? I would like to suggest that you uh, that you join one of these British military fitness classes. I would like oh. to suggest that you get knotted. Okay, can I just say something crazy? I love crazy. All my life has been a series of doors in my face. And then suddenly I bump into you. I was thinking the same thing. Because, like, I've been searching my whole life to find my own place. And maybe it's the party talking or the chocolate fondue. <laughs> but with you, but with you, I found my place. I see your face, and, and it's, it's nothing, nothing like I've ever known before. Love is an open door. 
crazy what? We finish each other's Sandwiches That's what I was gonna say I've never met someone Who thinks so much like me Jinx Jinx again Our mental synchronization Can't have but one explanation You And I Were Just meant to be something crazy will you marry me can i say something even crazier yes if you stick anything out of your window you're asking for attention <laughs> you are well, kath warning. is kath is totally totes quotastic today did isn't that she? song just happen yeah that was a real song yeah and kath explained to me uh, huge bits that i've missed out of fro- i've seen don't frozen spoil it. don't spoil it they die at the end. No. Nope. I've seen Frozen so many times, but I've always missed the bit where the good guy turns bad. Had to be. Whoa, spoiler alert. Sorry well, for getting. How have you missed that bit? I've got two Even boys. I know that. That completely took me by surprise the first time I saw that. I know that he I is knew bad. It, something was going to happen, though. It was too much, right, for her to marry the first boy she ever meets. Yeah, I, that and, couldn't happen. I, I know that Disney. he turns bad, but I just always missed the bit where he turns uh, bad, so I'm never quite sure how he got there. But, guys, starts, what a boring conversation this is, isn't it? Let's go back guy. and see how far they've gone. I thought, I thought, oh, he is the one that she. Is going to end up. I right, thought he was okay. going to end up with Ice Queen because really he's into is, ice. Um, oh, I'm, I'm going to leave them to talk while we go to the travel, guys. Let's see if they're still talking when we get back, shall we? Shall we? Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Having a look at these speed sensors around High Wycombe and it's moving very well at the moment. There's roadworks on Marlow Hill in both directions at Marlow Road Junction but that's not causing any delays so far. In Aylesbury on Great Western Street there's closed there for roadworks between Walton Street and Friaridge Road so that could cause some delays to make might get busy around there later on and in Hemel Hempstead on Leighton Buzzard Road there's roadworks in place at Moor End Road not causing any delays at the moment but is likely to cause some problems later on. Having a look at the motorways on the CCTV cameras and things are moving very well on the M40 in both directions. No delays on the M25 at the moment and the A1M is looking clear at the moment. And the reports of any problems on the train. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 6.46, it's Friday the 21st November and I am hungry. These are your headlines. UKIP has won the Rochester by-election. A woman from Stevenage who cared for her mother until she passed away is now fighting eviction from the council home where they lived. And in sport, Stevenage have been knocked out of the FA Cup by non-league Maidstone. Shame on you. Here's the weather with Sarah. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, for some of us, a chilly start this morning. We're at four degrees widely across all three counties. And, uh, yeah, temperatures aren't going to get that high today because we've got quite a bit of cloud just now. And that cloud is going to linger through much of the day today. We might see a little bit of breaking in the mid-morning period. But because there's a lot of cloud and then some rain to move in through this afternoon, the temperature's sticking around 7 or 8 Celsius at best through this daytime period. Uh, rain in from about 2 o'clock. It's coming in from the southwest, clearing off towards the northeast, the odd moderate 
moderate burst with that and cater for about three or four hours worth of rain. So we'll have it through the evening rush hour. Behind it, the temperatures rise through the night up to around 11 Celsius by tomorrow morning and then outbreaks of rain for both tomorrow and Sunday and into Monday too. A waving weather front sticking across our part of the world giving us pulses of rain right the way through the three-day period. And the temperatures will be mild for the time of year through the weekend, 12, 13 Celsius uh, with a noticeable southerly breeze. So it will be mild, but it will be wet right the way through the weekend, Ian. Every weekday morning. You can book your place on the show now. Jonathan Vernon-Smith. Come on and get some help, get some assistance. Tackling your consumer problems. I couldn't trace an account in any of the names or any of the addresses that were given. For it to be running for six weeks and then for them to cut it all off again just doesn't make any sense. The JVS Show fights for your rights. He came to me and asked if I could go and have a word with said bank. I had an email from the bank to say that you'd been in touch with them and the senior customs relation manager was most apologetic. Thankfully, you managed to get your money back. Yep, but that was due to, obviously, your station itself. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine on BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555. Dealey! Hello, boss. There's a surprise. What do you mean? Well, Catherine, do you want to put him in his place? No. Oh, you said you wanted to put him in his place. No, I never. You huh? said what? All right, I'll put him in his place. Okay, go on. Where the flipping hell were you when we wanted our six thirty-eight coffee? Six thirty-eight. Five thirty-eight. Five thirty-eight. I was on the way to work. What's going? You were late for work. I was not late for work. What? Listen, my shift starts at six a.m. <gasps> wow, he's working to rule. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Wowzers, you're always in so so bright and early, full of spunk. Well, yes, I know, but I've got a busy weekend coming up and a pre-planned <laughs> lot of things. I thought, you know what? This wow. morning, I'll have a bit of a lay-in and whoa, wow. I enjoy it. Oh, yeah. did you? I did indeed. Good. Yeah. Uh, what you got for us? Well, Chesham, the home of our big tour this week. Chesham Partak. Yeah, Chesham, Chesham, Chesham. Um, so I've been to Chesham, and I've been I asking see. people um, what it's famous for. Um, this didn't start it's in October. Off. Except I'm going to sneak. <laughs> Are you right, Kath? Chesham. Go on. Sorry. Okay. Um, so I've been to Chesham. Yeah. I'm asking people uh, <laughs> uh, what it's famous for. This didn't start off very well, oh. I have to say. But um, we got there in the end. Here's what happened. Take a listen. Ladies, sorry to interrupt your gossiping. I'm uh, Justin from Ian Lee's programme. What's Chesham famous for? Goodness knows. Anything else to add? No. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Can you ask with my husband, please? Can you speak yeah, with yeah, him? Yeah, I'll speak to your husband. What's his name? Look, I don't know. You don't know his name? Chesham. No, I know his name. He's Asif. Asif. But I don't know about uh, uh, the Chesham. I'll go and ask Asif. Asif, what's Chesham famous for? I don't know. Thanks for your time. Thank you. John, nobody seems to know what this place is famous for. What's Chesham famous for? Baptists and brushes is what I said. Two bees. Yes. It's down the two somewhere, but I don't know what they are. <laughs> <laughs> That's a start. Thank you. You're welcome. Margaret, can I start off by saying you look very glamorous this oh, afternoon? That's very kind of you. Yeah. Nice to have a compliment. Yeah, we love comps. So, what's Chesham famous for? Boots, brushes. So, they still make brushes here then? Yes, they do. They do indeed, yeah. How many brushes have you got? Uh, probably about five. What's your favourite brush? The one that sweeps the leaves upon the drive. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Thomas Harding, one of the martyrs. The fact that Chesham had a brewery at one time and most people haven't grasped even where it was. Can I give you an example? Please. Waitrose in Chesham. I was in there talking to someone I knew and they said, well, I gather Chesham had it. But wherever was it? 
I said, you're standing on the site of it. I have no idea what just happened in the last one minute, 27 seconds. That is what Chesham is famous for. It's famous for a former brewery. And they make brushes in Chesham. And uh, boots. Yes, boots as well. And they don't make boots there anymore, but um, they used to. The footwear, because boots, the chemist, is Nottingham, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. They, they, they used to make boots. I have to say, they had no grilled chicken. I had a very long walk to get my cigarettes. And, um, yeah, it was um, an interesting stay in Chesham. Good luck to uh, Nick Coffer this afternoon. Well, now, listen, later on, you're going to be talking about this EDL march and yeah. uh, speaking to some people who um, they're, they're going to be, they're worried that business is going to be down when this mm. march takes place in Luton. Justin, have you seen the front page of The Sun today? Um, I haven't, actually. Not it's yet. a picture that was tweeted by um, uh, um, an MP, a Labour MP. It's of a house with a white van outside and a, uh, three flags of St George hanging from it. And the she wrote, two- uh, quote, quote yep. images from hashtag Rochester where you can... Were last night set to win a key by-election. Mm-hmm. She tweeted this yesterday. Yeah. She stood down from her job now. So, it is, I think what we're trying to get out here, and I heard you talk about this earlier on, so, yeah. so by her tweeting that picture, she is, she's got the perception in her mind that yeah. the people who fly the flag, they're a bit chevy. I, I agree with her. Well, we're making that up. Actually, she didn't say that. I thought that she'd said something like, oh, how ghastly or nope. something. She hasn't. She's nope. just drawn the comparison, hasn't she? Mm. I, I, think it, I think it looks awful. Why? It looks it looks just cheap and nasty and tacky. The problem is in this country, if you are proud to be English, you are seen to many people as, as being a racist. And that, for me... Who said that? A lot of people. OK, I'll give you an example. That's not, no, no, okay. no, but, that, but that's, not, that's not the conversation. No one here is... She's not mentioned racist. Okay. We've not mentioned racist. That's not... But there is a perception. You, you've, I think it was Steve two days ago who phoned up saying all the English football players, that they are racist <laughs> thugs, every single one of them. So there's this perception that, that if you're proud to be English, if you're flying the flag, well, you're a bit chevy, you're a bit scummy... Um, if you want to go and do that, that's entirely up to you. Uh, not my cup of tea personally. I'm proud to be English. I wouldn't fly the flag outside my home, but but each to their own. That there's absolutely nothing wrong with flying the flag. But, but I, I I think we I, I want to stay away from the racist thing because that isn't the argument here, and I mm. think that that's I think that's misleading, and I think in some ways it's slightly lazy uh, because it does look it looks horrible. If you see, it, you, you should look at the state of these flags. They look flipping horrible. He obviously hasn't got any respect for the flag. Yeah. Otherwise, he wouldn't have hung it like that. <laughs> So, uh, am I taking that image to the streets, asking people, um, well, let's just get people's first reaction. You've seen that image, what do you think of it? Beautiful, Justin, thank you very much indeed. Kelly Betts, BBC Introducing, who we got? It's Natasha North, she's from Sear Green, she's wonderful. I went and watched her perform in an old church last night and she was absolutely brilliant. And uh, everyone stood up and clapped at the end. That's what they do? Actually stood up. Wowzers, standing standing ovation. Standing ovation, yeah, Yeah. like, like, woo, yeah. Uh, this is her track, Fire. It's been playing all week on Three Counties Radio.
Natasha North from Sea Green in Buckinghamshire. If you want to hear more, uh, BBC Introducing, where and when, Kells? Saturday night, 8pm, here. Oh, that's simple. Pat's in Houghton Regis. Good morning, Pat. Good morning, Ian. What would you like to say, sir? What a great day to wake up to another UKIP victory, eh? Why is it so great? Well, democracy in, in action, isn't it? You know, when people have had thing. enough. It's a beautiful they, thing. They can use the ballot box to tell the other established parties they've had enough. What do you What do you think that the people who voted UKIP uh, yesterday? What What are they saying to the other parties? Well, we keep saying about it. You know, our country's being flooded by immigration all the time, and it's the uh, pressure on all our resources, including the hospitals. Right. So, 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 what What, what is UKIP's stance on on immigration? Because uh, the fellow who won reckless the other day, he was saying they were going to send a lot back, and then in the the speech this morning, he said, "Oh no, no, I didn't mean that. They're, they're all welcome." So, what do you think they're going to do? Well, if I as if you, if I was to vote UKIP, yep. which I may do. Yep. My stance on uh, what Rexis said was, who cares? I don't really care what he said. All oh, I know is... But hang on. The other, he's, the a other UKIP, part- he's a UKIP MP, so what he's saying is the UKIP line. So what, what do you think the UKIP policy is on immigration? Well, put it this way. I don't know much about the other policies of all the other three parties because they seem oh. to change, and when they're in... Well, hang on a minute. It, Farage it, is yeah. changing all the time. Like, he's filmed the other day saying that he wants to privatise the NHS and work it on an insurance-based system, and then he said, oh, no, actually, I don't mean that. So they're changing all the time as well, aren't they? In, in you're, you're sounding like a Conservative or Labour uh, MP that's no, in government at the moment no, you, when sounding, you're asking me this question. I'm sounding think, like someone who's, who's, who's just, just saying all of the things you've criticised the other parties for, UKIP have done recently as well. What's, well their, poli- it, what's their policy on immigration? In if, the, if they've got a policy on immigration which means they're going to curb immigration and... I don't know their policy. It doesn't matter to Ladies me. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much. Well, it, it, obviously it does. That's the problem, Pat, because you just said you brought up immigrants and you're going to vote for UKIP because of immigrants, but you don't know what their immigration policy is. Interesting, isn't it? 08459 Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
into High Wycombe on Marlow Hill. It's looking heavier than usual on the cameras on Marlow Hill around the junction for High Wycombe. In Bricketwood, the North Orbital Road is looking heavy around the M25 junction, 21A roundabout. And it's also looking very busy in Ballroom Wood on the Barnet Bypass. It's queuing southbound between Barnet Lane at the Stirling Corner and the Mill Hill Circus. Also, though, it's looking fine on the M25 and the A1M has no reports of any delays and no reports of any... A delay showing up on the train departure boards either. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. Are you pleased with the UK results? It's interesting, isn't it? Because Pat brought up migration, said he'd vote for UKIP because there are too many immigrants here, but he doesn't know what their policy is on immigration. Is that interesting? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's seven o'clock, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, UKIP wins the Rochester by-election, a Hertfordshire woman fights eviction from her family council home and Stevenage out of the FA Cup. BBC Three Counties Radio. The UK Independence Party has its second elected MP after winning the Rochester and Strood by-election. Mark Reckless, who defected from the Tories, won the seat with a majority of just under 3,000. The Liberal Democrats came fifth with just 349 votes. The Conservative chairman and well in Hatfield MP Grant Shapps says they can win the seat back. During the course of this campaign, uh, the gaps closed. I think we've ended up with about 7% um, lead for Mark Reckless. They were predicting something over twice that level. So 2,900, not a big majority now to try to win back in uh, 170 days' time. A woman is facing eviction from her family home in Stevenage following the death of her mother. Gemma Sheldrick says even though she's lived for the past year in the house, the council won't let her stay. Tony Fisher has more. Gemma says she moved into the council home in Bronte Paths in June last year after her mother Sarah was diagnosed with cancer. Her mother, who paid all the bills and was the registered tenant, died in July this year. Stevenage Borough Council says that because Gemma can't prove she's been living there for 12 months, they've given her notice to leave. Hospitals say there's been a big rise in the number of patients going to their casualty departments. Over the past week, both Bedford and Stoke Mandeville hospitals have had no more beds available. But Peter Gibson from the Eastern North Hearts NHS Trust says the list of hospital will cope, even if numbers rise further. It is a real challenge, but we've just obviously opened our brand new emergency department. It's twice as big as it was before. The capacity's increased. We've got more wards behind it. And it's not so much the attendances that matter, it's the level of the admissions. Uh, So what we're actually seeing is a higher percentage of more sick patients coming into emergency departments. Central Bedfordshire Council is demanding that the decision about a huge house extension in Barton is made in public. Planning inspectors who said the extension could stay have been told to consider the application again. Conservative councillor Nigel Young says although they gave Syed Shah permission to alter his house, he went well beyond what they agreed he could do. We're pressing the Department of Communities and Local Government planning inspectors to actually hold an inquiry in public for this so we can put our case and Mr Shah can put his case. But ultimately Uh, If the outcome goes the way we would want, because it has not got planning permission, um, he has to return it to what uh, the original planning permission agreed. 
In sport, Stevenage are out of the FA Cup after losing 2-1 to non-league Maidstone United in their first round replay last night. The home side got the winner with just three minutes left on the clock. The weather will be bright at first, but turning cloudy without breaks of rain. Top temperatures around 10 degrees Celsius. That's 50 degrees Fahrenheit. You can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash threecounties. Today on BBC Three Counties Radio. From nine. The JVS Show. With the big phone in, the hottest topic of the day and your consumer problems. From 12. Nick Coffer. In the lovely Buckinghamshire town of Chesham as our big tour of beds, hearts and bucks continues. From three. Roberto Peroni. I'm here with a roundup of the day's news, the latest travel and your stories. From seven. Mark Forrest. I'll bring you the best bits from everything that's been happening on BBC Local Radio. Today on... On BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning! Ian Lee's here, Catherine Boyle's there. Hello. Uh, what's on the show this morning, Catherine? Busy this morning. Elections, evictions, <laughs> and. Oh, what's it going to be? What's it going to be? Demonstrations. Thank you very much indeed. UKIP won their second uh, seat yesterday. How does that make you feel? You, you happy? You excited? You sad? You scared? Well, 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 well. We just had Pat on. Pat was uh, saying that um, well done to UKIP, and uh, the, there are too many migrants, immigrants, and he'd vote for them. Doesn't know what their policy is on immigration. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Another political story. Front page of the Sun. Shadow Attorney General, excuse me, former Shadow Attorney General, tweets a picture of a house with a white van outside and pictures of the St George's Cross flying. It looks awful. I think it looks awful. She drew a connection with the UKIP vote, didn't she? Yeah. The, she wrote, image from Rochester, where UKIP were last night set to win a key by-election. But uh, She has been forced to stand down. Is that a fair, a fair connection to I draw? Think, well, is it a fair connection? I think everybody's kind of um, just a little bit trigger-happy at the moment. You know, should she have stood down? Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. And where have you seen Peter Stringfellow, or as we're calling him... Actual Stringy. Actual Stringy. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Actual stringy. We were having a spot of lunch yesterday. Hey. You made the mistake of letting me sit facing the window. I thought it'd be nice you've not been to London before. I've been loads of times. used to live there. I've been to London a few times, yeah. Yeah, all right. OK, I may not be from there. Yeah. But you don't have to rub that in. You stood out like a, um, a Japanese tourist with a load of cameras around there, Nick. What are you talking about? Talking racial stereotypes. Well, that's very rude. Anyway... So, I'm looking out the window because you're very interesting over dinner. And um, I saw a man outside who looked a lot like Peter Stringfellow. Yep. So, I was going to call it a stringer like. Yep. I went, look, stringy. And then I realised it was actual stringy. She got so excited. So I got so excited, the people on other tables started craning their necks to see they actual did, didn't stringy. They? Yeah. So, when have you seen actual stringy? 08459 555555. Texas? I've got a text on stringy. Hey. I was doing some maintenance work, says David in Kempston, in a posh apartment block on the Albert Embankment in London last year. Peter Stringfellow was working out of the gym there with his instructors with towels encouraging him. Not just one. Wow. Instructors. Yep. I couldn't believe how short he was. He did look a bit of a prat. Yeah. I've met Stringy. He's a nice fella. 
He's always been very polite to me. Uh, I think I, I think I had um, dinner with him once. I seem to remember sitting at a table and eating with him. The mane is still there. It's now white, white. and straight, and he doesn't have the little um, crop of spikes on top anymore. N- no, that's gone. Sarah Furley says on Twitter, "I knew his godson whilst at uni. His name was Rudy." I bet it was. I bet it was. Robbie's in Watford. Morning, Robbie. Morning, how you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Ever seen Stringy? Uh, no, never. Oh, OK, what have you called in for, sir? Um, I was just calling about his uh, UK bilex. I think he was interested in listening to, to Pat, what Pat was saying. Is it? And I think it's kind of systematic across... I don't want to kind of label all UK voters together, but I think it is systematic across UK voters that they... They don't actually know what the policies are. It's because the UK doesn't really have any solid, concrete policies. They're, they're, they're kind of opportunistic in, in how they deal with politics. They, the fact that their two MPs have come from defection to the Conservative Party. And, and to be honest, they, it's quite clever. They know that if they start from the ground up, they're not going to get anywhere quickly. And so they, they look at insecure um, seats and approach the politicians about defection and so if you could say to a politician if you defect to us you're going to keep your seat if you're going to say people are disassociated with your party and they're going to leave they're going to defect and I think the fact is that they're so unclear about what they actually stand for no one really knows but they have a license to be unclear because because they haven't got any real solid basis of history. But, but Robbie, they, they have, I mean, um, the, 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 it's brilliant hearing the Tories try and play it down. Well, they were expecting to get a majority of 7,000, they only got a majority of 3,000. Yeah, they got a majority of 3,000, it's significant, and the Tories threw everything at that, and the Lib Dems got 349 votes. So, w- whether you agree with UKIP or not, they've certainly they, they, they've kicked the other parties into touch in this one, haven't they? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, and you've got to give them credit that actually they've They've managed to reach a, um, a, a body of, of voters who are, are going to vote for them. The question is, is that I, I think that, that UKIP are, are, I would put them down as a, a, they've gone from being kind of a pain in the neck to kind of a, a, a significant nuisance to, to any party in power at the minute. But would it, were UKIP to get in power, there would be serious, serious issues. Steering clear of the whole immigration thing, the fact that they don't have any any real solid policies for anything. Robbie, listen, we've got to move on, but thank you very much indeed. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I would imagine that a significant number of UKIP voters, and I'm imagining you could prove me wrong, uh, think that the policy on immigration is to to shut the doors and kick them out. Is that their policy? I don't know. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Now, a woman is facing eviction from her family home in Stevenage following the death of her mother. Gemma Sheldrick says despite the fact she's been living in the property for the last year, the council won't let her live there. Well, your mum was rather special, wasn't she, Gemma? She was. Tell, tell um, us why she was so special. She worked very hard for the community. Um, even through her illness, she she carried on trudging through Dog Watch, which she made successful over uh, quite a few years in the end. What's Dog um, Watch? Dog Watch is a community um, organisation. So basically, it's the eyes and ears of the community. People can report things easier. We organise events for people to all get together and, and raise awareness for some charities as well. It's all about kind of raising awareness of the community and trying to bring the, the neighbor, Safer Neighbourhood Watch team. And she was honoured um, by the Queen, wasn't she? She was. She did get a, a British Empire medal. Do you get to meet the Queen for that? 
Uh, she did, yes. Oh, I, bet, I bet she was very excited. I bet you're all very, very proud of her. <laughs> we uh, are very proud of her. Now, yeah. she, unfortunately, she, she got ill. When did you know that, that, that she was ill and, and, and when did you realise just how serious it was? Um, well, she was battling cancer all throughout all of her, um, her her dog watch events, obviously more in the more recent year. Um, and we found out a bit earlier this year that the prognosis was worse than what we originally thought. Um, and she was given, I don't know, kind of worst case scenario was going to be about six months, and about a month and a half later, she passed away. Oh, I'm sorry. And you've been living with Mum for how long to to, to help her out? It was just over a year. Yeah. And what kind of stuff were you doing when you were there I was with her? Just supporting her. My mum was a very independent person, and like I say, she trudged on and kept going on with her community things, things like that. Still try and keep involved. So she was a force to be reckoned with. So it was um, it was quite a shock because you always think that someone's you know going to be able to beat it when there's someone like that. But, oh uh, yeah, my 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 dad was a big big fella and he got cancer and he, he kind of similar situation and uh, just to see them kind of shrinking in front of you is uh, mm. it's heartbreaking, isn't it? It's a horrible thing. Yeah. Well, the situation is now that um, it, it, it's a council house. Is it a house or a flat? Sorry. It's a house. It's a house. Uh, and how long had your mum lived there? Um, I think we moved there when I was probably about two or three. So that would have been about 22, 23 years ago. And you were uh, uh, assuming, hoping that you could take on the house once yeah. mum passed away? Well, as far as I'm aware, um, if you've been living there for 12 months or more, you can succeed the tenancy. Um, I mean, my mum and I was obviously, my mum was dying, so my main priority was looking after my mum. So things like ins and outs of um, her sorting out some paperwork stuff and putting me on tenancies and things like that wasn't something that was our priority. But the fact of the matter was I was living there for over 12 months or 12 months just over as their policy is that I can succeed the tenancy. Um, now, obviously, it's a difficult time anyway for myself and the rest of the family because of my mum, and obviously they've recently awarded her after she passed away um, the Pride of Stevenage Awards. So they're doing that, and then at the same time they're trying to get me out of the house, and it's very difficult because it's a difficult enough time as it is. Um, so they they asked me to provide evidence, which I sent in to them. They booked a panel hearing for me to go and appeal because they weren't too sure. And um, they decided that they'd cancel it. And why why no did they cancel the hearing? Yeah, they, they booked the hearing and yeah. they actually made quite some effort to book it in the first place. And then the, after about two weeks of booking it, they cancelled it. Did they give a reason for that? No, they, they said that there was not sufficient evidence. However, they had booked that with all the evidence that I'd sent them before What that. evidence had you sent them? It was um, some... my savings account details that were registered to that house and also my birth certificate as well. Right, because the birth certificate isn't going to show that you've lived there, is it? No, no. no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't really understand. Thought they wanted that, did they? Yeah, uh, the Stevenage Borough Council, they're not coming on. They've been a bit slack in terms of talking to us. They've sent us a statement. Let me read you their statement, Gemma. Yes. In order for anyone... You've probably heard something like this before. In order yeah. for anyone to take over a tenancy, we ask for evidence showing us that they've lived at the house for 12 consecutive months before the date of death. Yeah. As Miss Sheldrick has not yet been able to provide this, we ask that she contact our housing advice team who will be able to offer her advice and guidance on her housing options. Yeah. 
So what are you going to do? Well, um, Stephen McPartland, the MP, is um, actually helping with this and he has been advising and also obviously he's been helping out as well and he's going to be um, helping by going to the housing ombudsman as well because they're not actually going by their own process. And I'd already actually met with a tenancy advisor who advised me that we would need to go to a a panel hearing um, because of the situation. And um, they booked, like I say, they booked it and then they cancelled it and... I'm only asking for my panel hearing, which mm. is my right to actually attend and do. You, ha- you you still pay rent on another property, don't you? Why why couldn't you just go back there? No, I don't. I don't you pay don't. rent on another property. Okay. No. Listen, Gemma, it's a really interesting one. C- can you keep in touch and let us know how it goes? I can, yeah. I really appreciate your time this morning. And uh, again, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry for your loss as well. Thank you very much. Thank you, Gemma. Oh, wait, it's, 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 I was going to say, it's funny. Funny's not the right word. Uh, it kind of, it's funny, isn't it, when someone uh, passes away, all of the boring, frustrating form-filling that you have to do, and you just want to grieve, you know, you just want to mourn the fact that you've lost someone. And um, you, you've got to go and fill in forms and take certificates to show people, and oh, dear... Your thoughts on Gemma's story, please. 08459 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. In Bricketwood on the North Orbital Road, it's looking a bit slow around the M25 junction 21A roundabout. And checking the speed sensors, it's looking quite slow into Hitchin as well on the A505. The A41 is looking slow just past Berkhamstead and into High Wycombe on around Marlow Hill. Through the roadworks, it's looking quite busy around there at the moment on the cameras. Having a look at the CCTV on the main motorways, the M40 is moving well at the moment, but it's starting to build up where it meets the M25 around junction 16. There's no reports of any problems, though, on the trains. It's about the BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Samantha. Right, it's 7.17. Gosh, we're a little bit late. It's Friday the 21st of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. UKIP have beaten the Conservatives in the Rochester by-election. Stevenage Borough Council has told a woman she can't stay in her council home after her mother passed away. And in sport, Stevenage have been knocked out of the FA Cup by non-league Maidstone. BBC Three Counties Radio. Nick Coffer, across beds, hearts and bucks. This afternoon I'm joining up with the big tour and going to Chesham. I think it's a little hidden away jewel in the Chilterns, to be honest. I'll be based near the Clock Tower, hearing from Shed at the Park about their drama group for young people. Having a taste of some of the amazing local beers on offer. And finding out about the gorilla knitters who've made Chesham extremely colourful. Nick Coffer. Live from Chesham, today from midday, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, Okay, so is the face of British politics changing? UKIP have won their second parliamentary seat. He's keen to get your thoughts on it, really. Are you happy? Are you sad? Are you you worried? How does it make you feel? 08459 555. We've uh, had a couple of, um, well, confusing calls about um, UKIP and, and their policies. Well, I'm, I'm pleased to say that Nick Lincoln has called in, who's the UKIP's prospective parliamentary candidate for Watford. Morning, Nick. 
Hello, Julian. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. I'd imagine you dispute um, our previous caller who said that UKIP have no policies. Uh, Robbie from Watford, yeah, potentially one of my voters. Um, yeah, I, I, um, I, I, I do, uh, categorically. Um, we, we have a range of policies. Let's, let's start with, with immigration then. What, what's the UKIP policy on immigration? Okay, well, just a bit of context. We are not opposed to immigration per se. We are opposed to mass uncontrolled immigration. We think immigration is a good thing for a country. Our policy on on immigration going forward would be a points-based system, as they have in Australia. So you can come to this country if you have a job to come to, if you can speak English, if you have accommodation lined up, and if you have health insurance arranged. And you can come from anywhere in the country. We don't discriminate uh, on your geographic uh, origination, your colour, your ethnicity, your religion, but you must have things that you can add to this country. So what's, what, what skills, what, 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 what point, what would you get points for? Uh, you would get points for things such as, do you have the, the job that you're looking to do, the, the qualifications that you have, do they lend you to a career here where we need those kind of occupations? What, what, what um, occupations do we need? Off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you. Ah. But, so you want to introduce a points-based system where you'd be awarded points if you had um, the skills for occupations that we need, but yet you don't know what the occupations are that we need. At this stage, I don't know. I can't just talk my head with the pressure. But there are there, there well, well, hang on, things... but Nick, but Nick, you're saying you've got a policy on immigration, but well, it turns out it's a half-thought-out policy. It sounds good. Points. You'll get points. But you don't know what you'd give those points for. So you haven't got a policy on immigration. No, I was quite clear. We would give out points for those people that have the skills for those yep. occupations well, that we need in this country. What, I can't what, what occupations? Well, 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 Nick, well, Nick it's, it's not off the top of your head. You're UKIP's prospective parliamentary candidate for Watford, so I'd expect you to know this. Uh, what, what would you get points for? I imagine there'd be these occupations where we have shortages. It for example? We have shortages. For example? Uh, skilled, um, skilled areas such as doctors. Doctors. Um, Doctors, people in IT, um, architects, accountants. But do we do we do we, do we do we need people in IT? Have we, have we got a shortage of people in IT? Have we got a shortage of accountants? Uh, we have a shortage of people with with skills. What, uh, we always but, do but, have what, a shortage yeah, but, of people. But do we have? Skills. Do we have? You mentioned IT. Do we have a shortage of people in IT? The IT market is extremely competitive. Do we have there a shortage? Of, do we have a shortage of people in IT? I do not, off the top of my head, whether you have a shortage okay, of people in so, IT. Okay, so we'll I'm, scratch I'm, I'm being honest with you. Do I'm we have a shortage? Do we have a shortage of accountants? <laughs> Look, Ian, I'm addressing the question of what is our overall but you, policy but on you're immigration. Not, you're not to... answering the question. You, you well, said, you said you, that UKIP would introduce a points-based system. What would you give points for, for, for uh, skills that we required? What skills do we require? You don't know. I, I, I know I'm being completely candid with you. I do not know to that You're a prospective MP for UKIP and you don't know what their policy is. I think the bigger question to address is no. here... How are we going to control migration? What are we going to do well, with European Union a... migrants that are already here? And I want to categorically state on record that if people are here legally, they will be allowed oh. to remain here legally that goes when against we leave the Mark... European Union. That goes against what Mark Reckless said, doesn't it? Mark Reckless handled the question rather... He said, he said, Mark Reckless, well, no, he said that migrants... He suggested that migrants who've lived in the UK for several years could be turfed out. Is that UKIP policy? No, it's not. Why did a UKIP MP say that? I guess because we're all human. You know, we're not perfect, and we make mistakes. And well, he made but, a mistake, but, but, and, it, and it, wasn't, it wasn't a well-handed. But our question... No, but, 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 no, 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 but, but listen, you can't... The thing is, if you are a prospective MP... Mm. And um, uh, you know that you represent a party that some people perceive as being racist. Certainly, uh, uh, migration, immigration is a key factor in that party. To not know 
how the, the point system would work to suggest that migrants who've been here, um, who lived in the UK for several years, could be turfed out of the country. Those are pretty big mistakes to make, aren't they, Nick? And you could see, surely you could understand, why that would give fuel to those people who think that UKIP doesn't have a policy on migration and is a racist party. I would think that a lot of people would say, thank goodness there's a party talking about immigration and we're addressing these issues and we're not trying to budget or hide away from this key issue, which is, if you speak to anybody on almost any doorstep, it's something they raise, whatever their political background. Exactly, but you don't know what the policy is. I'm giving an overlay of the policy. I'm not a policy wonk on this particular issue to the degree but, you'd but, like. But, I'm holding my hand at what I'm saying is... But you're a prospective parliament. Why, why would anyone... It's very clear. No, it's not. <laughs> well, it, it's not clear, though, is it, Nick? Because you said you'd it have... It's absolutely a... clear. Because if people well, ask I me, what be... do you do with EU migrants that are already here? Our policy is totally clear. If you are here legally now, right. you can stay legally here. So Mark if you're here Mark... illegally, you will be deported. Mark Reckless was wrong two days ago, then, when he said that um, uh, that, that uh, migrants from uh, who lived in the UK for several years could be booted out. That was that was wrong. That was a lie. Mark Reckless was wrong. I've always said that. But then why did he say that? Because it's human and we make mistakes. To, to clarify the point, if you're a migrant here and you're here illegally, you will be deported. Okay, but if you, but just to clarify, Mark Reckless lied when he said that, that migrants who've been here legally for several <laughs> years would be turfed out. That was a lie. Was that like, okay, someone asks me the time and I say it's 7.15, the time is 7.16. Am I a liar or just incorrect? Well, I don't know. I, 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 is, was what he said a lie, or was he incorrect? He was incorrect. OK, so it's, it's, it's as close to the truth as being a minute out telling the time. So it's, it's, it's a fine line. It's kind of how you phrase it. And just to clarify, the mm-hmm. UKIP policy on immigration is you can come here if you've got the skills that we need. You'll be awarded points. Unfortunately, you don't know what those skills are that we need. Because we're not in power now, and we won't be in power maybe till 2015 or later, well, Nick, and then we would need to look at it. And, uh, so you wouldn't look at it. You wouldn't look at it. You wouldn't look at it before you were in power. <coughs> you wouldn't. Would, you, you, you wouldn't clarify of that. Of course, it would. But we would be applying it when we were in power. Yeah, it's, but, it's the same system they have in Australia. So, it's already up and running. It so, does work. So, uh, so uh, you you kind of finalise the policies once you're in power. You get you, you have the, the broad sweeping brushstrokes, but you really nail down those policies once you're in power. That's how it works, is it in politics? Uh, to be honest with you, I know, what you're, I know what you're referring to. It does a lot of the time, and it certainly does with our party, because when we announce policies in detail, the other parties come down and take them and pick out the bits they want and then put them in their manifesto. So this year, we are holding back Has as long as we possibly can before we uh, announce things in detail. You'll know more about this than me, because you're the one that wants to introduce the points-based system based on Australia. <laughs> Hasn't Australia seen more immigration since they introduced a points-based system? They may well have seen more immigration. So your policy would bring more, more foreigners into this country? No, why? Because it, that's, that's what happened in one country, it would happen here. Well, that's, you, just, you just cited Australia three times, I think, as, as being the system that you're modelling it on. Um, and, and they had more people going into their country. So, kind of ipso facto, it, it would imply uh, that we'd have more people coming into this country, if you're basing it on the Australian system. Yes, but the Australian system is based on the Australian economy ah. uh, and on the Australian structure. They may well have more skill shortages than we have. I can certainly well, tell you that if we have migration of 250,000 people a year. Right. I'd be very surprised if any points-based system got anywhere close to that number. OK, but you still don't know... Um, you still don't know what the skills are that we need... For the fourth, fourth or fifth time, from the top of my head, I do not know, and I've said that right from the start of this conversation. OK. OK, thanks very much. Uh, Nick, Nick Lincoln, UKIP's prospective parliamentary candidate for Watford, did that fill you with confidence?
08459 555 is the uh, the telephone number if you want to um, give us a call. Does that fill you with confidence? I do have a policy on uh, immigration. They'll sort it out once they get into power. They'll, they'll kind of, they'll hone it down once they get into power. Steve's in Dunstable. Morning, Steve. Morning. Does that fill you with confidence, what Mr Lincoln was saying? Well, I know what you're saying, but I suppose I don't know enough to really sort of comment on that side of it, but I'm not really in the politics. I ain't got that up there yet. You ain't got that up there yet. OK, Steve, well, what would you like to say? Right, we need to, we need to shut the gates on immigration, or make it into a trickle of immigration, and pump all the money into getting the people off the dole and training them to do the jobs that these so-called immigrants are doing. I mean, we don't need a low, unskilled immigrants coming to this country. Well, what, what, what's, what, skill, what skills do we need? Nick was saying I that know, there'll be a point... Doctors, IT... Well, is there a shortage? Is there a shortage? Construction industry. There's a shortage in the construction oh, industry. Oh, hang on a minute. Uh, uh, sorry, there's a shortage in the construction industry. I thought you. Yeah, but you... we got. To, yeah, hold on. We got two and a half million on the dole. Surely we should take people off the dole, spend the money, and then then have maybe immigrants come in. We don't need them here. It upsets the fabric. Of have the you ever, Steve? Well. You ever you ever been to a hospital? I have. Yeah. Yeah. Ever been to a care home for the elderly or the infirm? No, not yet. Right, well, I have, unfortunately. I go, go to one quite regularly. And uh, if we didn't have uh, Polish immigrants coming and working, in, particularly in care homes... I don't care. I don't care what you think, Ron. No, no, Steve, 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 um, Steve, let me, let, me, let, me give you, let me give you some facts, OK? And then you, you, then you can come it. back. I know what you're going to say. You don't. Let me, let me, let me say it. Steve, let me say it, and then you can come back. That's how a conversation works, right? Is that right? <laughs> yeah. If we didn't have Polish immigrants working in care homes... Care homes wouldn't be able to sustain themselves, so well, surely, we surely need if them. We made their own people. Surely, if we made the people on the dole cut their benefits by half and make them work, then surely why is everyone? Going, why, are all the, why are all the people going abroad? All the bosses going abroad to get cheap labour? I We've got don't. I don't want people who've been forced to work. <laughs> Wiping my mum's backside. I don't want people who've been forced into a job they don't want to no, do. Give my mum her medicine, them. Steve. It's educating them, saying that work pays. The doll doesn't pay. I don't want people who are. I want people. Attitudes. I want people to care for my mum, who actually care and are enthusiastic about their work. Not people that are there begrudgingly because they've had their benefits cut. No, it's not begrudging. We need to educate our own people to get off their backsides and do it. Like we used to do. When I was 19, whatever, I never, the doll never even come to the crazy. It was just get a job, earn the money, get a car, get a girlfriend, get married and all that palaver. The doll never come into it. We need to change the attitude of our own people so they can realise that they can't be sitting on the doll and we don't need all these immigrants here. Steve, thank you very much. Again, I, I suggest that we do need a significant number of immigrants because, uh, you know, it's a simple thing. Most of the carers in my mum's home are Polish. A couple of Japanese, bizarrely. I don't quite know what that's all about. Um, but I want people... They're enthusi- Most of them are enthusiastic, they care, and they want to do their jobs. You can't force people into that kind of job because, well, they won't do it very well. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
On the M1 southbound, there's been an accident between the Tardington Services and Junction 11 for Dunstable. That's causing queues at the moment from Junction 12 for Flittick. On the M25, anti-clockwise, it's looking slow around Junction 19 for Watford on the speed sensors. And having a look at the roads in Watford on Beach and Grove, it's starting to look very busy around Escort Road. In Boreham Wood, the A1 Barnet Bypass is queuing southbound between the Stirling Corner and Mill Hill Circus. And having a look at High Wycombe, into High Wycombe, it's looking very busy on Marlow Hill. There's no reports of any problems at the moment on the trains. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Seven. I'm Liak New. The headlines. The UK Independence Party has its second elected MP at Westminster after winning the Rochester and Strood by-election. The Liberal Democrats lost their deposit with just 349 votes. A woman from Stevenage who cared for her mother until she passed away is now fighting eviction from the council home where they lived. Stevenage Borough Council says Gemma Sheldrick doesn't have the right to stay there. And there's concern that casualty departments are struggling to cope with a growing number of patients. Over the past week, Bedford and Stoke Mandeville hospitals have closed their doors because no beds were available. The weather will be bright at first but turning cloudy without breaks of rain. Top temperatures around 10 degrees Celsius. That's 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Stevenage are out of the FA Cup after losing 2-1 to Maidstone United in their first round replay last night. Borough boss Graham Wesley admitted their non-league opponents were the better side. John Southall was watching. A famous night for Maidstone United. For the first time since they reformed in 1992, they're in the second round of the FA Cup. The hero, the plasterer, Franny Collin. He headed in three minutes from time, his second of the game, to send the Gallagher Stadium delirious. The final whistle was greeted with a pitch invasion and for a club who've suffered more than most, who went out of business 22 years ago, it was a sweet moment. Next up, Wrexham away in round two. Stevenage play Northampton tomorrow while Watford face Championship leaders Derby. Luton travel to Burton Albion and Wickham play Cheltenham. It's the MK Dons against Port Vale and Dons manager Carl Robinson says he's already told his strikers which of the next five games they'll be playing in. I spoke to them both on Tuesday. I said, is this better for you? And Ben, oh, it's great because now I know I can work harder on this day knowing I'm not starting on that day but knowing I can prepare for this day means that I know I've got 25 minutes of a come on there that I know what I've got to do because I've watched and Griggy said exactly the same he said what would you I said to the team what would you prefer and they went no no this is the way we want to do it so it's working. Lewis Hamilton says he doesn't feel under pressure ahead of the title-deciding Abu Dhabi Grand Prix this weekend. Hamilton leads Mercedes teammate Nico Rosberg by 17 points and needs to finish second if Rosberg wins to secure the title. Hamilton says his familiarity with the circuit could work in his favour. It's a great circuit. It's generally suited the car that I, I had um, when I was back in McLaren years ago and it's definitely a track that has suited my driver's style in the past, um, but every year is different, and um, I hope to take that positivity into this weekend. And practice begins at 9 o'clock this morning. BBC Three Counties News and Sport, with more at 8 o'clock. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Sorry, girls, did I interrupt a chat? Not a chat, no, some research. Chin... <laughs> <laughs> what the stringy you? research. Have you seen actual stringy? We saw actual stringy, Peter Stringfellow himself, the lord of the lap dance. Yes. 
He, I thought he was a stringer like. Turned out he was the actual stringy. He got turfed out of a restaurant that we had seats in. Yeah. Kiss snooze my Snooze you jelly. lose. You snooze you lose, stringy. He probably had a lie in after a late night. <laughs> <laughs> yes, probably that. Um, so your Peter Stringfellow stories, please. Uh, what other bits and pieces have we got, Catherine? Loads as you of wipe text. a bogey off your face. It's not a bogey. I've just got a really itchy nose. I'm, I'm coming down with a cold, so. Oh, I don't, because I'm coming down with a cold again. Everyone in my house yesterday was uh, has got a sore throat and coughs and colds, and I had the boy. You know that thing? This is horrible. When you've got kids. And you're kind of face-to-face and you're talking to them and they just cough in your open mouth. <laughs> it yes. is the most... I was going, boys, please, I cannot afford to take another week off work with a lost voice. And you feel something hit the back voice. of your throat. I love your voice. I'll be doing that up until they're 50. I'll send you the they're, video of bath time later on, see if, uh, see if you still love them. Um, so I, I, we, we're, I, can't, I cannot afford to take any more time off work. Anyway, Catherine, what... Wait, got and have we got any Texas? Jo- got loads of Texas. Right. John, I have nothing against people from the EU coming here to work, but it should be capped. It's those who have no intention of working that should be stopped, says John. Okay. Um hundred percent agree with Steve Well said, anonymous. Um, Steve, Steve, just for those who, who don't remember, Steve said we should basically send them all back. We don't need them over here. Uh, and I think I put up pretty good defence of, of, of at least one industry where we do need foreign people. It's a pity that if you really believe something, you don't put your name on a text. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Yeah. Helen and Milton Keynes, unfilled vacancies in engineering, IT, education, nursing, GPs, construction, etc. You should watch BBC One today as they're discussing a lack of engineers is just one example. Oh, hang on a, a second. <laughs> a lack of engineers. Hasn't, um, hasn't Rolls-Royce just sacked? I'm going to pluck a figure. Haven't they just sacked 5,000 engineers? We can find out, but so we've got we've got a lack of engineers, have we? Okay. Well, hang on. Helen goes on to say a common garden PPC for any political party would not know the details of any policy. I've questioned numerous PPCs in the past about policies regarding state pensions, NHS housing, etc., and not one of them have been able to do anything but waffle about broad stroke policies and never ever the details. Helen Milton Keynes. If I was going to be an MP, and who knows, guys, you might be lucky enough to be able to put your tick in my box. Um, if I was an MP, do you know what? I would flip and study, study, study. Every spare second, I would study the policies. I would speak to the policymakers. I'd make myself a nuisance. So I knew those bad boys inside out. One might conclude that some parties thought they were so safe they didn't have to do their homework. You might. Give us one more, then we'll, we'll move on. Phil said, worrying thing about UKIP not having defined policies is that a lot of the electorate do not care and will simply respond to newspaper headlines. It's a bit scary. OK, thank you very much. You can uh, you can text. I prefer the phone calls because we can have a proper chat. And uh, listen, this is not me kind of dissing you. I'm not dissing I'm, I, I, I'm not telling you who I would have voted for. I'm not telling you any of that. Um, the question is, does the, um, the, 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 the vote, the election yesterday, the by-election yesterday, UKIP won, does that fill you with optimism, fear? How are you reacting? And one of the conversations that has sprung out of that is, well, that came from Pat, if I remember correctly, that, that people voting for UKIP because they think UKIP stands for one thing. But actually, we don't really know what UKIP stands for. I don't know. Maybe you do. Oh, eight four five nine four double five five double five. Other things. Red alert levels have been reached at two A&E emergency hospitals in beds, hearts and bucks before the main winter peak period. Patient admissions to accident and emergency reached the highest red alert level at Stoke Mandeville and Bedford this week, while other hospitals in the three counties report that their admissions have risen. We can speak now to Eileen Doyle, who's Bedford Hospital's Chief Operating Officer. Morning, Eileen. How is Bedford Hospital coping with the current situation? Uh, Well, Bedford Hospital is busy, and it's been busy uh, all summer going into the winter. So, as my colleague said earlier, we would normally see a pattern of slightly less attendances and admission during the summer period before we ramp up into what is usually historically our busiest time. 
but uh, first I'd just like to say that we, even on Red Alert we don't close our doors so it, Red Alert means that we, we put extra sets of measures in to try and cope with the demand so that it doesn't escalate any further but does, A&E is always open does, so does that, does that involve, important. Does that involve um, because we've heard from some other stories not related to this over the week of, of people waiting in ambulances outside would, would that happen at Bedford? Um, it, it doesn't happen at Bedford. We, we, um, we struggle sometimes with uh, the numbers of ambulances coming in, mm. and we work very closely with the ambulance service. We've seen uh, this year, compared to last year, almost an 8% increase in the number of patients coming in by ambulance. But we always do our best to uh, make sure that they're certainly not outside, but that, that we, uh, we take handover for the crews a, so that patients are in a comfortable place. On a basic level, I've never understood this either. You obviously, you have a finite number of beds in a hospital. If you get a massive rush of people who need beds, how do you? I, I've never been able to work out how one would cope with that. Well, we have, uh, we have always got winter escalation beds, and I think most hospitals around the country would always plan for winter. Ours are already open, right. so it is a, it is a, a struggle um, matching the, the numbers of patients coming in to the numbers going out in a day. And sometimes we have to flex into beds that we wouldn't normally use. So, for example, some of our surgical bed capacity. We try not to do that because it's important, it's important that pa- patients get their operations as well because that's, that's in, in, uh, an important feature. But we, when we go into red alert, which is not unusual, I have to say, most places would tip into that and it's a dynamic thing so it can go to red and then back, back down to amber and then back up to red but what we do when we're under pressure is we talk and we work very closely with our community partners our social services uh, colleagues and our clinical commissioning groups because hospital isn't the only answer for some patients so there are lots of community services and we try and encourage people to visit their gp visit their local pharmacist call nhs 11 and, and ask for advice rather than thinking you know coming straight to any so we ask people to think is a and e for me and that way we we, we manage it. And most hospitals around the country, actually, this is a daily thing. Um, it's uh, You're quite right to say, well, you know, how do we actually balance it? But one way or another, we do get through. And quite often, that does mean opening extra beds. But we try and plan for that. Do you get still get people turning up at A&E who really should just go to a GP or a walk-in centre? Because that must be quite frustrating for the staff. I think we do get an element of, of those patients. But, of course, they perceive their need uh, to... to you know, in, in a different way. And, and so we try and encourage and make sure that people know that there are alternatives. Um, but we are a 24-7 service. We're always open. And there's an inevitability about patients coming to A&E, uh, especially if they perceive that they won't be able to get a GP appointment or there's not another alternative. So it's really working together with, our, with what's out in the community and with our local GPs to make sure that we can, we can offer all sorts of services, not just hospital. Eileen, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Eileen Doyle, Bedford Hospital's Chief Operating Officer. I've never, it's interesting, I've never, it's interesting they use surgical beds, isn't it? Um, my, um, uh, one of my Greek cousins, who's a doctor, is listening now. Morning, Dimitri. Uh, and I've never got my head around, talk, you talk about immigration, you talk about EU immigration, I've just had a WhatsApp from, from Greek Dimitri, who's a doctor in this country. He's a flipping good doctor as well. You know, in, in Greece, they have so many doctors, they didn't know what to do. The, 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 you, you, whereas in, if you go to Los Angeles, you get served, you're always getting served by a, 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 an actor, or you're getting your car cleaned by an actor. In Greece, you're getting served by doctors. They have too many doctors. The same was going for Spain a while ago. That's why we end up with a lot of the nurses over yeah. here. Isn't it funny? Dimitri's, you know, you, we should be grateful we've got people like that who can't get work in their country and come over here because he's a flipping good doctor. But it, I, I've, I've always wondered, you've got a hospital, you've got, let's say, 500 beds, that's it. What if you've got 600 patients? Five, you know, where do, how do you juggle it? It's crazy, isn't it? I just realised what I said made no sense. We've got a lot of Spanish nurses over here because they have a lot of doctors and nurses, I believe. Right. 
there, just just to, for anyone who's um, a pendant. Uh, let's go to John in uh, Milton Keynes on uh, UKIP. Morning, John. Morning, Ian. Are you, are you happy that UKIP won yesterday? Yeah, I am actually. Yeah, I think they've uh, they've got a very well. It- on the radio this morning, the guy wasn't particularly clear, but I understand what they're trying to do, and I agree with it. I agree with the point system entirely. How does it work, though? Well, I mean, to, to be honest with you, Ian, I mean, to come up with a list on the radio uh, on, on the fly was a bit difficult for him to do, because it is an extensive list. It's a huge list, which probably needs but to be formulated. But he wants to be your MP, and it's, it, it turns out it's not an extensive list, because he couldn't think of any. It's interesting, John, you said he didn't, he didn't really make it clear what he was talking about, but you agree with him. Well, it didn't make it clear as far as the list that he, you know, because he, 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 you know, it is an extensive list, and I mean, as far as, because um, I worked over in New Zealand, and I got a point system, right? What, what is, what is, you keep saying it's an extensive list. He couldn't name one thing on the list. Right, okay, well, I mean, when I went to New Zealand, their list includes, like, architects, builders, plumbers, electricians, and all the trade stuff. Well, all the, all the builders will be kicking off saying we've got too many poles over here doing the building. Yeah, all the trade stuff over there. But as far as, I mean, there, there is always going to be, like, a shortage in certain fields, isn't there? For that, example, I mean, that's what they're really getting at, isn't it? But for example, what, 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 I don't know what those fields are. Well, I don't know either. <laughs> I, well, don't know, I don't know either. What I'm saying is, Ian, he, there is a list, no matter who, who knows what it is or not, there is going to be a list of of skill shortages, no matter what we, how we look at it, yeah? I don't know how long uh, Australia has had the point system, but I'm reading an article from December of last year, and it says the number of uh, migrants has increased by 28% in Australia in the last year. They're getting more, since they introduced the points-based system, they're getting more foreigners going in. So, so if we carry that over here, UKIP is, is promoting a policy that could potentially get more foreigners in. You'd be happy with that? Well, I would be happy with that because, as far as as far as getting the right people in, I think that's what that's what you keep on about. That's what that what, what's that guy's name was on the radio. I've forgotten his name now. Um, yeah, I mean that's what he was on about, wasn't it? I mean, getting Lincoln. the right people in, the yeah. right quality of people in, as opposed to uh, as opposed to the the numbers of people in. I mean, I mean, I, I'd be happy as a taxpayer knowing that my money is going towards uh, formulating a a point system. Right, I'll be happy with that. I really would be happy with that if I got if I got like a note coming, for, you know, from 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 the government saying like five percent of your tax money is now going to go towards okay. employing the staff to to go through a point system so to formulate a point system. You'd be, be happy. happy with a system that would that would uh, increase uh, uh, migration into this country, immigration into this country. You'd be happy with that? No, I wouldn't be. Uh, I wouldn't be against it. If- John, thank you very much indeed. I'm just finishing, so I want to squeeze in, Lynn. Morning, Lynn. Good morning, Ian. What would you like to say? to hear what he was saying. I, I also have worked abroad and um, I've, I've heard about the, the point system. Yeah, so it's a point system that, would, that in Australia has brought in more immigration than yeah, before. Yeah, which is good if you're bringing in the right kind of people. Um, and Who I are think, the right kind of people? Well, I think skilled people to start with. Well, what skills do we need? Well, that's what you have to look on the government website for. Well, the government, the government website it, doesn't tell you what, what skills we need, does when it? You go, when you go to different countries to work, you, you look you look what jobs are available and because um, in countries like uh, Australia and Malta you can't take jobs from people from the country that need but, them. But the thing is, is, it, is UKIP would introduce this policy if they got into power. Bearing in mind they've now got two MPs. So there are now two members of Parliament who you would think would know the immigration policy but they don't know it because it hasn't been settled. Two days ago Mark Reckless was saying that um, migrants who've been here a few years legally could be booted out. He's at a come back and apologise for getting that wrong. Their policy is to introduce a points-based system, but they don't know who 
we need. Can you not see, Lynn, yeah, that I that is see, foolish? Yes, I can see that. But on the other hand, it's a good idea to have a point system so that we get people. It's a good idea. It's a, going to be it's a good idea to have a car. It's a good idea. It's a good idea to have a car that's run by um, a, a special tablet. I've thought of that. I've just not thrown yeah, through the fine don't print. Don't let anybody say anything. You're going off on a rant. Well, no, Lynn, because you're talking. You, you no, know. I'm not. You don't let anybody say anything. Uh, Lynn. I think it's a very good idea to have some sort of system okay. in this country where we can monitor who's coming in. And we do I, have a system where we monitor the people no, that we come let in. Anybody in? No, yeah. we don't. <laughs> Lynn. Well, we do. Lynn, we don't let anybody in. Oh, we do. No, we don't. You don't have to have a job to come here. You come right. here and, and they would say, our government now is saying, oh, we might bring in a thing where three months you don't get any benefits. But Lynn, Lynn but what you've just said is, is, we have to go in a second because we've got the travel, but what you said is incorrect. We don't just let anybody in. That's oh, not that's not how it works. so many unskilled people in this country. But Lynn, Lynn just, just address that point. We don't just let anybody in. We don't. Well, I disagree with you. Well, but, 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 but you're disagreeing with the fact. No, I, I do think... We, we just let anybody in. ...skilled people in. Anybody from any country can just come into this country, no, can they? No, can't. No, not... Well, Lane, then, thank you very much. At last, you've, you've, you've seen that what you said was incorrect. Oh, wait, 459 four double five five double five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, there are delays because of an accident between the Toddington services and Junction 11 for Dunstable. It's causing queues to Junction 13 for Bedford at the moment. It's because of an accident hitting the central reservation and the emergency services are there on the scene at the moment. On the M25 anti-clockwise, it's starting to look very slow around Junction 19 for Watford. And in Watford, Exchange Road's looking quite busy at Beechen Grove. In Boreham Wood, looking at the Barnum Bypass on the cameras, is queuing southbound between Stirling Corner and the Mill Hill Circus. And and into High Wycombe on Marlow Hill, it's looking very heavy at the moment on speed sensors. Also starting to look busy in Beaconsfield on Park Lane. We've not had any reports of any problems on the trains if you're commuting into London this morning. Smelts for BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much indeed. 7.47, if you want to give us a call on that. And just to clarify, we don't have a country where just anybody can come in. It doesn't work like that. 08459 555 555. <laughs> Let's get the news now. UKIP have beaten the Conservatives in the Rochester by-election. Stevenage Borough Council has told a woman that she can't stay in her council home after her mother passed away. And some shopkeepers in Luton say they'll be closed tomorrow while a demonstration by the English Defence League takes place. More of your calls coming up. Let's get the weather. Here's Kate. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Ah, oh, no, we've not swapped that quickly. It was Sarah an hour ago. Still Sarah. Hi, good morning to you. Uh, we start this morning with temperatures somewhere between 4 and 6 Celsius across the three counties and quite a bit of cloud. And uh, the story for the day is that we'll stay fairly cloudy through this morning and then we've got some outbreaks of rain to move in through this afternoon. They come in from the southwest, crossing off towards the northeast with us about 2 o'clock this afternoon. In the meantime, the temperatures really don't rise that much just 7 Celsius, the top temperature for the day today. But once the rain clears away by about 7 o'clock this evening, we'll start to see the temperatures rising as some milder air pushes towards us. Uh, for tomorrow, we're looking at a mild day, but outbreaks of rain right the way through the day tomorrow and into Sunday. Top temperature through the weekend, 12 or 13 Celsius. And we continue with this outbreaks of rain on Monday morning too. It will be cooler though behind with some brightness eventually developing and a top temperature of 8 Celsius. But for the weekend, outbreaks of rain right the way through both days. Thank you very much. 
BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Quite a quaint, pretty little town, really. I think it's a little hidden away jewel in the Chilterns, to be honest. All this week, we're celebrating Chesham. I've lived here eight, nearly 83 years in the same house. Everybody that lives here absolutely loves the place. And full of characters. Telling everyone about where you live. It's small enough to be friendly, but it's big enough to have quite a few things. Quite an interesting place, really. Quite enjoy living here. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks from BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is Ian Lee. BBC Three Counties Radio. Sorry, I, did, I thought you... <laughs> Joe Goodwin's not... Uh, Joe, excuse me, Joe Godwin's not happy. Oh dear. Well, yeah. he's not the only one. Or she. He's... Uh, he. Well, there's a picture of a man or a woman. It's an E, so it's an e, a he. I'm sat in the backlash of a crash on the M1... And you're talking trash. He doesn't say that. And you're talking politics on a Friday morning. Annoy Catherine and cheer me up. Go on, then. Your moustache is looking good this morning. Oh, you devil. You, your hair makes you look like Elliot from the film E.T. Yeah. Oh. Um, Remember when she sneezed? Um, I don't remember that. Hang on. It's in October. Except, I'm going to sneeze. That's sneak. like a whiplash, doesn't it? That's in October. Except, I'm going to sneeze. I'm going to sneeze. If you stick anything out of your window, you're asking for attention. You annoyed yet? Come yeah. on, get annoyed for Joe Godwin. Oh, Joe. Oh, oh. oh you. Oh. oh, is that okay? Sound like you're straining one out. <laughs> Jamie's. How do you know what that sounds like? Uh, Jay- <laughs> <laughs> Jamie's in Dunstable. Morning, Jamie. Morning. What have you got for us? Oh, uh, yeah, I was just saying about the YouTube. Um, I, I am saying about him prepared. Jamie, we're gonna have to. Look, we'll try and get you back because I want to hear what you're saying. But Norman it's an awful Collier. line. Yeah, you're doing the Norman Collier, and we can't hear a single word that you're saying. And I want to hear what you're saying. So we'll, we'll try and get you back a little bit later on, maybe when you've pulled off the road. Jamie, that would um, that was uh, that was a shame, wasn't it? Oh wait, four five nine four double five five five. Yeah, go on. Let's have some text. Here's Andrew having a moan. Why? 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 Double why. <laughs> why, why? Continually smother people when they try to make a point. For God's sake, what are you frightened of? Saying or agreeing the wrong thing? No, Wasn't I'm just... correct? <sighs> you and JVS are both guilty of attacking the ordinary person's view just because I believe you are frightened to agree on air. Remember, although you've won an award, your existence as a radio presenter relies on the public contacting you. Andrew. No, it doesn't. I could totally do the show without you, you contacting me, but thanks. Uh, no, the thing is, when, when, when someone is saying something that is, that is incorrect, that is factually incorrect, I have to interrupt, because you can't, you can't then base the rest, rest of their argument on a lie. It's a lie that this country lets everybody in. We don't. Can I also point something out, Andrew? There are lots and lots of radio stations where they'll have a debate. Well, it's not really a debate. They'll have someone come on and the radio presenter will listen to them, probably disagree, but they won't engage with them. They'll probably say, well, thank you very much for your point. That was very interesting when they don't mean it. That's not this show. And she was more than... The thing is, we're kind of... We're also constricted ever so slightly by time. If that lady wants to call back, she's more than welcome to. So I was kind of moving it on. But she was basing her argument on a flawed, incorrect premise. This country does not just let everybody in. Mark in Bedford uh, says, Ian is wrong. Any person from within the EU is allowed to enter the country as there are no controls on this. That's... No, Mark, I'm correct. The, The country does not let anybody in. Why? What's weird about doing this job, particularly when we talk about something um, that people get so passionate about, for example, UKIP and immigration, is that people hear what they want to hear. Mark is filling in his own blanks there. I didn't mention anything about members of the EU coming in. I said, to contradict the, the lady who called in, 
who she said, this country lets everybody in. We don't. We don't. That's a fact. There is freedom of movement within the EU. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you. We weren't talking about that. So, that you know, you're hearing what you want to hear. Listen, it's really good you're texting in. I love it. Uh, this morning, I think it's one of those conversations where we need to have phone calls. It, it, it's better if... And I'll, I'll, I, will, I will back down a bit and let you make uh, your minds up. But... And let you put your point across, sorry. But it's one of those, those uh, shows, one of those topics, one of those conversations where it needs to be a conversation. It needs to be um, uh, a dialogue, duologue, monologue, dialogue. So give us a call. 08459 555555 is the telephone number. Tracy's in uh, Buckingham. Morning, Tracy. Morning. What would you like to say? Um, I work for a healthcare agency, and we interview dozens of carers and nurses who cover nursing homes and supported living and hospitals in Buckinghamshire, um, Oxfordshire, Bedfordshire. So many of the applicants that come in have got no care background at all. Right. Um, so we turn them away. So many of them also have had a few months' experience for working for other agencies. So there are plenty of carers in nursing homes across our counties who've come from a non-caring background. So for the argument you had or the discussion you had a short while ago with the gentleman who said about um, having people, you said you didn't want somebody looking after your um, relatives in a care home with no experience. No, this I didn't say, didn't, say, didn't say that at all. Again, it's someone else filling in the blanks. Didn't say that at all, Tracy. Okay. No care, who, who wasn't a caring-minded person. Didn't say that. So, D- Tracy, I, I don't. Know, can you hear me? Yes. Yeah. Didn't say that. What did you say? Um. Well, I, I mean, I can tell you, but it's a, it's another example of someone hearing what they want to hear. What what Steve was suggesting was that we force we cut we stop people's benefits and we force them to go and work as carers. I said, I don't want somebody who has been forced to work in the caring industry working as carers. That's what I said. I think, though, that people coming to this country are choosing the care industry as one of the industries as um, an easy option. Oh, it's such an easy option, isn't it? Wiping disabled people's bums um, when you've got dealing with people who have got dementia and are violent. Uh, You're right. it, It pays so well, doesn't it, Tracy? You're right. That is a very, very cushy job. It's a job that they can easily get into with no experience, and they're not care-minded people. They're not the caring nurses Tracy, that we had years ago. Tracy, Tracy, there <laughs> is one of the. Listen, if you work in the industry, you know it's one of the crappiest jobs there is around. It is a horrible job to do because they have to do disgusting uh, things. They have to do terrible, terrible things, and they get paid awfully. To say. That it's it's an easy option for them is outrageous. And again, you've ignored the point that, that, that what you phoned up to criticise me for, I didn't say. I was making the point that there's plenty of people working in care homes who no, have. You were making you were making the point that I'd said I didn't want people with no experience working in care homes. When that's not what I said at all. I said I don't want people who've been forced to work in care homes to work in care homes. And you'd agree with me that that's that makes sense, doesn't it? It does. Thank you very much, Tracy. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. Tony's in Harlow. Morning, Tony. Hello, Ian. What have you got for us? Um, just the same subject, really. Um, the thing that gets me is why do if people are in countries where there's no work and uh, or they feel threatened in their own country, why do they come through so many EU countries to get to England? 
Doesn't that tell you something? Yeah, it, tells me, it tells me they probably speak English. It tells me that they've got relatives over here who've done well. I mean, the, the thing is, the EU migrants, they don't just come to England. They do go to other countries. Well, it doesn't seem like that. No, it doesn't seem like it because you live in England. You don't live in Italy. You don't. Calais. Look what's going on in Calais. We've all in. It's just the the, the group is just getting bigger and bigger, and all they're interested in is getting to England because we're an easy. Okay. Okay. But but we're one of the only countries that give out money. But okay. anywhere else you go, you don't get no money. Okay, but there are there are loads of uh, EU migrants in Spain. There are loads of EU migrants in Italy. It looks like they're all coming here to you, Tony, because you live here and you see them. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. I don't know what the figures are for uh, EU migrants. They're not going to go to Greece, are they? However beautiful it is, however great the Suvlaki is, they're not going to go to Greece because there ain't no work. Stop. Listen, if we're going to have this conversation, we're going to do it properly. So you need to listen to what I'm saying, OK? I'm, I'm being very specific about certain things. 08459 455 555. And I'm surprised at Tracy. If she works in the ind- industry, suggesting the care profession is an easy option? Are you kidding me? Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. There are delays on the M1 southbound after an accident between the Toddington services and Junction 11 for Dunstable. Queues are tailing back to Junction 13 for Bedford at the moment and emergency services are still on the scene. Having a look at the M25 Junction 21A roundabout that's looking quite slow on the speed sensors and the M25 anti-clockwise is also looking very slow around Junction 16 for the M40. Elsewhere in High Wycombe on Marlow Hill it's looking very heavy into town and it's also starting to look busy in Beaconsfield on Park Lane around there and on the speed sensors on the a5 approaching Hockcliffe is looking quite slow at the moment as well. We've not been told of any delays that will uh, cause you any hold-ups on the way into London on the trains this morning. Samantha Ruff, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. So many things to talk about, and the one that's got you hot under the collar is this UKIP success in the by-election. We'll take some more calls after the news with Lee. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. It's eight o'clock, I'm Lee Agnew. The headlines, UKIP wins the Rochester by-election. A Hertfordshire woman fights eviction from her family council home and Luton shops to close while the EDL stages a protest. BBC Three Counties Radio. The UK Independence Party has its second elected MP after winning the Rochester and Strood by-election. Mark Reckless, who defected from the Tories, won the seat with a majority of just under 3,000. The Liberal Democrats came fifth with just 349 votes. The UKIP leader, Nigel Farage, says it means the general election is wide open. Anybody that now you know, tries to attempt to predict uh, what will happen next year, uh, frankly, is wasting their time. It is now unpredictable, beyond comprehension. I mean, this was seat number 271 on UKIP's target list. Uh, we've shown here that if you vote UKIP, you get UKIP, and I think the consequences are very difficult to predict. A woman is facing eviction from her family home in Stevenage following the death of her mother. Even though Gemma Sheldricks lived back in the house for the past year, the council won't let her stay. Gemma says she's not been given the chance to prove she was living there. As far as I'm aware, if you've been living there for 12 months or more, you can succeed the tenancy. My mum was dying, so 
my main priority was looking after my mum. So things like ins and outs of her sorting out some paperwork stuff of putting me on tenancies and things like that wasn't something that was our priority. Hospitals say there's been a big rise in the number of patients going to their casualty departments. Over the past week, both Bedford and Stoke Mandeville hospitals have had no more beds available. Bedford's Chief Operating Officer Eileen Doyle says there are steps they can take to cope with high demand. It is a a struggle um, matching the the numbers of patients coming in to the numbers going out in a day. When we go into red alert, which is not unusual, I have to say, we talk and we work very closely with our community partners, our social services uh, colleagues and our clinical commissioning groups because hospital isn't the only answer for some patients. Some shopkeepers in Luton say they'll be closing their doors tomorrow ahead of a demonstration by the English Defence League. Despite the police urging them not to close, they say they don't want their windows broken and are prepared to lose £2,000 worth of trade. I'm closed, all day closing. I don't need, I don't want the headache. We are losing £2,000. Yeah, it's very bad. Police say don't close a shop, they look after, but... I'm not interesting, you know, they sometimes broken my glass. In sport, Stevenage are out of the FA Cup after losing 2-1 to non-league Maidstone United in their first round replay last night. The home side got the winner with three minutes left on the clock. And practice for the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix gets underway in just one hour's time. The weather will be bright at first, but turning cloudy with outbreaks of rain. Top temperatures around 10 degrees Celsius. That's 50 degrees Fahrenheit. You can get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. BBC Three Counties Radio's big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. Quite a quaint, pretty little town, really. I think it's a little hidden away jewel in the Chilterns, to be honest. Telling everyone about where you live. Bustling, unique, friendly place. All this week, we're exploring Chesham. One of the great things about Chesham is everybody lives close to it, so most people can actually walk into the town. The big tour of beds, hearts and bucks. BBC Three Counties Radio. Very busy morning. I can see uh, Catherine working. (laughs) She's doing one job, I think that sign means. Busy, busy show this morning. It's one of those shows. I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. It's not been the greatest week in terms of news, in terms of way maybe we've handled some of the news, in terms of me. And then today, we've got like a week's worth of news and phone-in ideas in one show. Let's have a little recap. Uh, UKIP is the big story that they won their second uh, seat in the Houses of Parliament in the by-election yesterday. Just trying to gauge the mood on that, whether that excites you, scares you, pleases you, just your thoughts on that. We've ended up talking about UKIP's policies. Turns out no-one knows what their policies are, particularly the ones about immigration, even, even, even... Prospective parliamentary candidate for UKIP is a little unclear on the fineries of it. 08459 455555. Kind of on the, the off to a tangent on that story. Front page of a lot of the papers, a Labour MP tweeted a picture of a house in Rochester that's got three union flags hanging out the front. The implication being it looks a bit chavvy. Well, I think it looks a bit chavvy. 08459 555. A girl who looked after a girl, a woman who looked after her mum uh, as she died of cancer, lived in the house for a year. Council house, she was hoping she would get the council house. The councillor said, uh-uh. 
Oh, and there's an EDL march happening at the weekend in Luton. You see what I mean about lots of stuff? Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Busy, isn't it? Quite a bit, yes. Lots of calls to get to. Before we, d- before we dive in and I get a battering from people who've have heard things I haven't actually said, have you got any texts, Catherine? Yes. Go. Um, some Please. of them haven't heard what you... Oh, thank so, God. Paul, uh, OK, looks like your views are the only ones that matter this morning, so we should all accept this and move on. Maybe try understanding callers' views instead of belittling them. No, not belittling them. I, th- th- this is the thing. Listen, I do let people speak, but if they are basing the whole premise of their argument on uh, 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 a mistake, a lie, an incorrect fact, I have to correct that fact. Otherwise, the whole argument is pointless. Dan in Milton Keynes, I for one am happy about UKIP winning another seat. The political landscape in the UK is changing and the powers that be seem oblivious to it. So maybe the only way for them to realise that it's not working is for UKIP to win more and more seats. That's from Dan in Milton Keynes. The 2015 election, I never thought I'd say this, is going to be well exciting. It's going to be really exciting because everything could go up in the air. Anything else? Uh, That's that's not too rude about me? uh, Oh, uh, really, I'm just well. If people aren't putting their names on it, so I'm kind of reticent to read them out. Yeah, I'm never a fan of the anonymous text. Do put your name on it, please. Uh, otherwise, um, yeah, you probably won't get read out. Eight one three double three. Start your text three CR. Put your name on it. Uh, Ian's on the M1. Ian, you wanted to talk about the flags. Hi, Ian. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all right. Thanks. What you got? Um, you. These chubby flags, you only see them when there's not... I'm talking about when there's not a football competition or the Olympics going on. Yep. The only place you see the St George's flag out of a window is in a council flat or on council estates. And they are chubby. There's no doubt about it. So you're completely correct. Why do you think that... Why are they chubby and you're humble? Because why on earth would you... Want to display a flag in your window? It's 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 madness. Then why would you want to do that? Can't understand the point to to, to show that you. I tell you where I saw a flag recently, and it wasn't an English flag. It wasn't a St George's flag. It's a place called Corby, where there's loads and loads of Scots, and yeah. it's not a particularly nice place. But you see a lot of Scottish flags in council flat windows. Why? What's the point? Can't understand it. Uh, is it some sort of boasting about their national identity. I can't understand why you do it. But you only see it, where I'm saying, in, in chavy areas. Ian, thank you very much indeed. Your thoughts on that, please. Ian, saying there, you only see uh, the flag of St George or any national flag in chavy areas, council flats and council estates. And also, I'm phrasing this very carefully because I'm waiting for the phone calls from people who didn't hear what I just said, who thought I said something else. I have phrased that very, very carefully. You will have heard something else, some of you. Want to give me a call? 08459 455 555. Uh, remind us of the story about Gemma and, and, and her mum's house, because we've got a caller on that, haven't we? Gemma, 25 years old, um, had lived with her mother again, moved back in with her mother into their family home to nurse her through her uh, cancer. Um, unfortunately, her mum didn't make it, 
Gemma wants to stay in the house, but the council say that because her mum was still on the rent book and um, she had not been left any kind of um, tenancy agreement, her name's not on it, there's no proof she's been living there for a year, which is what's required for um, that kind of inheritance of a tenancy. Uh, we're keen to get you... I mean, if, we, if we hadn't been doing the UKIP stuff, this one would have, would have flown, I know, well, but... Something that was brought into it is that the mother had done an awful lot for charity. She'd got a British Empire medal. Oh, She'd yeah. Also been, she um, met the Queen. Had given a posthumous award at the, at the Pride of Stevenage. And Gemma made the point that there are all kinds of people working the system. Here is a family that's done its bit for the community and they're not getting cut any slack. Do you think they deserve to be cut some slack? David's in Milton Keynes. Do you think they deserve to be cut some slack, David? No, good morning. Um, well, I don't know. It's tricky because... If she's moved there for over a year, I was telling you, a researcher, that you have to register on the electoral register by law. And obviously, if she's been there over a year, why hasn't she registered? And and the fact is that um, she left her previous tenancy. There must be proof where she left her previous tenancy. Well, she's still uh, paying what? the rent her ex-boyfriends. Well, she said she wasn't paying the oh, rent. Right. I asked her, because I asked her, she well, said, no, uh, she wasn't paying the rent. Yeah, well, I, I just think that she wants a house, uh, obviously a house. But she, she, if, for instance, she wanted the, the property where her mother was, her mother could have then asked for a joint tenancy on there, put her name on there with it with a covered sign her daughter's been there but electoral register she should have been registered you can understand why she might have let that paperwork slide though can't you by law you're supposed to register under electoral register but you can understand why you might have let the paperwork slide though can't you if your mother's dying of cancer not not really no I, i mean i'm dying of cancer and I've, I've had to fill in forms. You don't just let things go like that. If you've got the property and you moved in for over over a year, over a year, she said, she could have registered on the electoral register. Uh, the, th- the third item was that uh, do you believe that a single woman should live in a big house or a house, I don't know, two, two or three bedroom. bedrooms? Two bedrooms. Yeah, two bedroom house. The, the shortage of houses we've got at the moment anyway. She should have been offered, as she'd been offered a flat in, in place of it. But what I'm trying to say, a mother could have, and she could have done things like, for instance, saying, OK, I've got this. Mum, oh, obviously I want to live here when you pass on. You've got to talk about them things. Uh, I'll put you down on the council can with I, your tenancy with my name on Can there. I just say something, David? And um, this might be construed as being rude, and I'm, I'm trying to phrase it so it's not. You said something interesting here. You're dying of cancer. You say you're dying yeah. of cancer. Well, you've yeah, got so cancer. I've got, I've got a dying of cancer. I've got to 15 months to live. Oh, I mean, uh, Paul Scorns knows about it and what I'm going through. Cause okay. Paul, no, Paul. I, I, um, that yeah. rings a bell. Yeah, that rings a bell. Okay, well, listen, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, can't, I can't talk about it because I'm going, I'm suing them at the moment. Okay, so I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not doing talk about it specifically. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm sorry to hear that. And maybe one day we'll get to talk about it. But in some ways, oh, this is going to sound awful, David, and I, I hope I can have a conversation about it. In some ways... Am I going to phrase it like this? Yes, I am. OK, let's just jump. Let's put our chips on the table. In some ways, it's easier for the person who's dying of cancer than those around them. In as much as, uh, quite often, though, and I'm not saying this is necessarily your case. This could be Gemma's case. The, the people that are around them have to sort out the business stuff. They, they kind of have to be, be minded of... They, they have to sort out the flipping funeral, generally. They have to be mindful of the house. Whereas the person who's got the disease... Uh, it, 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 it's, in some ways, it's easier for them to accept they've got the disease no, than those Ian, around it. Can I, can I go into this? Ian, I've paid for my funeral. I've told okay. them what I want for my funeral. Yep. I've paid for my wife's funeral. My wife's got dementia. Oh, blimey. Right, yeah. I've done the will. I've actually gone now in front of a solicitor. I'm going through prayer of attorney for my wife's thing. 
I am not. If you're a caring person, you wouldn't leave anything to any of your family. No, Mum, she she. I, I it. disagree with. I disagree with that because sometimes it just it just comes up on you. And, no. I, and I don't think you can say, David, that if you were a caring person, you wouldn't leave this to your family. No, you, you're responsible. I mean, I don't think everybody uh, is. I don't think that, but, and I don't think that means that that they, they care I, less. I think it's poor excuse. To, uh, she could have registered. The forms come in to say okay, who's just living the she, 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 she said that she's got a, a bank account transferred to um, uh, her house, hasn't she? Okay, but I just, you yeah. just, just. I mean, I just wondered if you wanted to pick up on that specific point that, that sometimes it is harder for the people around no, than the, per, the person who's got the disease. <laughs> Cause it is, because all people are individual. People, yeah. do, people um, accept things in a different way. And I'm uh, a, a caring person, an educated person, and I, I believe that obviously I wouldn't leave my family with stuff like that. And I've gone through bits and pieces, talked to my family. Okay, but, to some, my but, but some people don't. Some people aren't as well prepared for, for the inevitable as you but, are. But, 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 but go back to what I said, Ian, okay, to do yeah, with the electoral register. Okay, we ignore that point again. Go on, yeah. No, let's go back to the Why? I said she registered to register. It would have covered, confirmed the fact that she'd lived there for over 12 months. Because, well, David, listen, I'm going to move on because I, I, I want to speak to, to, to JP very quickly. But um, uh, it's, it's, you seem to be, maybe I wasn't making the point clear, that sometimes it is, it is easier for the person that is dying than those around them, I think. That thought has kind of just come to me. I know it's easier sometimes for people who have diseases, uh, 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 easier than it is for their carers. I don't know. 08459 555555. JP, can we come to you in a couple of minutes? Yeah, that's fine. Because I know you've got a good story to tell us, and I want to make sure we we get all of it. JP is an immigrant, and uh, I think he's going to let us know just how difficult it was uh, to, uh, to get to this country. Does that make sense, what I was saying, Kath? Yeah, I think so. Or is that completely heartless? No, it's not heartless. There might be someone out, out there who has more insight than us, but I think it's a fair Thanks. guess, isn't it? Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, double, five, five, double, five. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. On the M1 southbound, there's still a lane closed between the Toddington Services and Junction 11 for Dunstable. As causing queues from Junction 13 for Bedford at the moment, emergency services are still on the scene there, causing some delays as you're travelling southbound on the M1. Having a look at the M25 anti-clockwise, and it's easing off now around Junction 19 for Watford. And also having a look around Watford, though, it's looking quite slow out of Watford on Stevenson Way at the M1 Junction 5. Elsewhere, it's looking quite slow in Hitchin on the A505 and the A41 is looking busy just past Berkhamstead. There's no reports of any problems, though, on the trains. Smart Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. It's 8.16, it's Friday, the 21st of November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. UKIP have a second MP after winning the Rochester by-election. Stevenage Borough Council has told a woman that she can't stay in her council home after her mother passed away. And some shops in Luton will be closed tomorrow while the English Defence League hold a protest. BBC Three Counties Radio. Tomorrow, we'll feature two league leaders. They go! And Miller has made the difference! 
and two teams hoping to carry on winning. Surely this is going to be number five. It is number five. Watford hosts top of the table derby. Brilliant finish from the Jet, and that surely is the three-point seal. And Luton travel to Burton, while MK Dons entertain Port Vale. Now Deli Alley with a shot into the net! With Stevenage going to Northampton. Three Counties Sport. Tomorrow from two, here on BBC Three Counties Radio. Great show yesterday. Oh, thanks. Great show. Uh, we're listening to that in the car. We missed a bit, but, um, but you filled in the blanks. Right. I would recommend, if you missed Jonathan's show... <laughs> Don't do this. BBC iPlayer, <laughs> about, what, 1140 uh, well, it depends which bit you're trying to direct people you know towards. Exactly Ian. which bit I'm. T- the, 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 Jonathan, Wendy, I love it. This is what you don't get from from court, from radio hosts. Okay, when you're annoyed with a listener, <laughs> good, good radio. <laughs> <laughs> when you're annoyed with a listener, mm. you let them know you're annoyed. And yeah, you let that fella, you let Ben yesterday know you were annoyed. Yeah, I banned him. Banned him not only from the show but the whole station. I banned him. It's about the last 20 minutes of the show. Go and have a listen to iPlayer. No, it wasn't very nice, you see. No. Because Shana was on about her dog treat. Yeah. And, you know, the audience were being very honest. You know, that's what I like about the audience here. They're very honest and and upfront about whether she got a case or not. And then... And then Ben just phoned up just yeah. to be nasty, and he called her a bad word. And I don't like that. It's not nice. It's not nice. I'm laughing. Why are you, why are you laughing? It's not nice. I was listening in the car with Catherine, and we were both going, what did we miss? We just missed it! We just missed it! Now I know what we missed. Boy, I'm going to go on the iPlayer, iPlayer again, yeah. Thank you. But you handled it brilliantly, is the point I'm trying to make. Oh, thanks very you much. You handled it brilliantly. But I thought it was horrible. Yeah. Unpleasant. Yeah. Wasn't your show today? On my big phone in this morning from nine, we'll. Uh, oh, by the way, after ten, we'll be talking about the flags as well. I love that story yeah. we were discussing this morning. Yep. Commoners muck. She should never have resigned. What's I she resigned for, I silly woman? I don't understand what she's resigned she's for. Purely tweeting a picture to show just how hideous some well, people with no taste make their house say, look. She wasn't saying that. She was just saying this is Rochester, where the UKIP might win. She wasn't. Oh yes, I forgot. I'm a guest on your show. Yes. And, uh, this is. <laughs> You failed to control me. No, I, <laughs> I get the off-com and another BBC yeah. complaint. Thanks for that, Jonathan. Uh, anyway, at nine, we'll yes. talk UKIP, of course. And I'll be asking, why do you think people voted for UKIP? Last night, UKIP won their second seat in Parliament as former Conservative Mark Reckless was voted in as MP for Rochester and Strood. Mr Reckless received 16,867 votes. That's 2,920 more than the Conservative candidate, Kelly Tolhurst. More than double the votes won by Labour and the Greens and the Lib Dems. 349, was it? They lost their deposit. Isn't that incredible? The Greens got like 4,000-something. They did. Well, they're on the rise, aren't they, the Greens? Nope. In his acceptance speech, the new MP for Rochester and Strood told the council... Uh, told, told the crowd, rather, if UKIP could win there, then they could win right across the country. Well, there definitely is something afoot now, isn't there? I mean, yep. this is more than just a little bit of uh, freaky voting. There's something very much going on here. But why do you think people voted for UKIP? From nine this morning, we'll debate it. I'd like your reaction on 08459 455 555. Is Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio? Okay, so we're talking about UKIP. We've been talking about uh, immigration, and uh, JP is an immigrant. Morning, JP. Uh, morning, Ian. What would you? What? Where are you from? And what? What? What's your story? Uh, so I'm from New Zealand originally. Um, I just want to clear up a, a, a couple of points. Yeah. Um, well, like you said, 
Um, we don't just let anyone in, uh, we being the UK. Um, the problem the government's got at the moment is that they've you know, been promising to cut numbers down to you know tens of thousands. It's still in the hundreds of thousands. Uh, the problem I've got, obviously, is that EU uh, migrants are an open door, so obviously they can't cut those numbers. So what they're having to do, obviously, is make it tougher for people outside of the EU. Um, and at the moment, there is a you know a system in place. It's not a points-based system, um, but it's similar. There's certain hoops, certain criteria you have to um, uh, tick, I guess, um, to be allowed in. Of course, there's different routes. There's family routes. There's um, there's highly skilled type uh, routes, which is um, kind of what they've been talking about with this the UK points system. Um, so I mean, it's not just an open tap uh, coming in, but it is very, should we say, difficult um, for people outside of the EU. Well, this uh, is, this is the, there was a caller whose name escapes me. She said that uh, uh, she based her whole argument on the fact that Britain lets anybody in. And that's simply not true. My, my brother-in-law is, is a Kiwi. And it was difficult, it was difficult for him to, to, to get citizenship here. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I'm, I'm in the exact same position. I've been here almost uh, six years now through various visas. I now have uh, an English wife. Uh, but since I married her, it was all from that date, five five years, uh, until I can get citizenship. And I have to reapply for a visa uh, at two and a half year intervals between that. Um, prove I still have a job, prove I can still support myself, uh, things like that. Um, so, I mean, it's not as cut and dry as people say. Um, so there's that sort of side of the argument. There's also the enforcement side of the argument, which I believe compared to somewhere like New Zealand or Australia is is lacking here in the UK. People can simply arrive under false pretenses and, and disappear. I mean, and they, they, they say they monitor these people, but mm. that's kind of not true. You know, if, if, if people are picked up, you know, all they have to do, well, not all they have to do, but, you know, oh, I don't have a passport. Okay, come in with it tomorrow to the police station, check in. And, of course, that doesn't happen and people disappear into the system. JP, listen, um, I've got to move on. Thank you very much for, for, for sharing that. I love the Kiwi accent. I love the Kiwi accent. It's much better than the Australian accent. Of course it is. More refined. Fush and chops. Fush chops. Fush chicken. Ch- chicken chops. Fush and chops is the Kiwi. Never going to go there. That's too far away. I'd like to go. Nah, I'd like to go. I'm not going. How long does it take? Two days? Yeah, something like that. Mm. And then you end up there a week behind. Busy. I'm a bit busy. Oh, wait, four, five, nine, four, I wasn't inviting you to go with me. I'm not going. So no, I'm too busy to give up two days, that's all. Bye-bye. Uh, tomorrow, there will be two protests taking place in Luton. The English Defence League will assemble and march to the Park Street area of town, and a static counter-demo will be staged in Francis Street by We Are Luton, the Muslim Defence League, and Unite Against Fascism. Uh, Justin Dealey, you've been speaking to shopkeepers about tomorrow's route. What have mm. they been saying? Well, uh, they're not happy. Um, the protest itself, the EDL protest, that's going to be going along Park Street, and number of uh, pubs and shops there. Uh, This shopkeeper, he told me he's going to be closed for the entire day and he will lose a lot of money. Take a listen to this. Robert, you run the newsagent here along Park Street. Are you going to be open on Saturday? No, I'm closed. All day closing. I don't need... uh, I don't want a headache. How much money do you normally make on the average Saturday? £2,000 every Saturday. We are losing £2,000. Yeah, it's very bad. Police say, don't close a shop, they look after. But I'm not interested, you know, they sometimes they throw the bottles or something, broken my glass, they are, police, they are not pay the money. 
So he's not happy. Who else mm. have you spoken to? Uh, also been talking to Vakas Moyden. He's from the Loose and Hackney Carriage Owners Association. The taxi rank on Park Street, that's going to be closed all day tomorrow, so people can't come to work in the day. And uh, the drivers, when it reopens in the evening, they're fearful of coming to work. Here's what happened when we spoke yesterday. Um, they're not going to come to work based on the risk of their vehicles getting damaged in this whole protest. The pubs are going to be closed, I believe, until 7 o'clock. Yeah. Once it hits 7 o'clock and the police start moving people on, will you then come back to work, or are you still fearful that there could be protesters in the town and there could still be trouble? There's still going to be trouble. It's going to carry on all night. So basically, them pubs are going to be in danger of getting smashed up, and they're not going to go back. How are people going to get home from Luton on Saturday evening? I'm going to constantly think about that. They've given us... Well, they said we're going to be working, but who's going to risk their cab getting smashed? You're speaking on their behalf. How many people do you know that that are going to come to work on Saturday evening, roughly? Anybody at all? There might be a few coming for the livelihood. They're going to take the risk. Can you try and put a a percentage? Roughly, how many of these drivers do you think will turn up for work on Saturday evening? About 10%. 10% or even less than that. Well, listening to that is Chief Inspector Mark Upex from Beds Police. Uh, Doesn't sound great, does it, Mark? Loads of workers not going to turn up. I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case. Oh, uh, so he, was, he got it wrong, that fellow there? I, we've done our engagement. We've spoken with the communities. Let me put in perspective what's actually happening. Firstly, the EDL and the UAF, they have a right to demonstrate. We can't stop them, so you can't blame the police and say they shouldn't be here. People have a democratic right to demonstrate and express their political view. No one's blamed the police. We're here to, we're here to keep the peace. Uh, on the day itself... I believe there will be some disruption, minor disruption. I'm very confident Luton will be a very place safe to come and work and shop. And well, I'd encourage Mark, pe- no. I've let me finish. I'd encourage people to come here and work. Mark, they've just said that the, the, they've just said what. Well, basically, you're contradicting what the workers have said. They've said they're going to close their. Sh- obviously, you want them to come, but you, I'm, I'm said, actually. I'm not let contradicting. Me no, I'm they've not contradicting. Says, they've said they're going to close their shops, and the taxi drivers aren't going to turn up for work. Some people will close their shops. The Hackney tachn- carriage has been moved uh, over to Wellington street and the galaxy interchange a lot of shopkeepers will be open a lot of shopkeepers we've spoken to will be open and a lot won't. and and i don't know if they say will be a lot all i'm saying is though that's their choice to close Mark, i can got... guarantee them it will be a very safe day to be in luton this demonstration will go ahead you can guarantee it will be safe there'll be no injuries I didn't say no injuries. I you said, guaranteed it would be safe, Mark. I said Mark. it will be Mark, a what, safe day. Mark, what's your... Be- I don't know why you've come on with an attitude. We're no, no one's... No one's come on with an attitude. No one's, no one's, cr- no one's criticised... I'm trying the- to reassure people that it's going to actually be... I don't a know very- if you're doing the job, though. Well, why don't you think I'm doing it? What should, would you like me to say? Well, no... You've just been a little bit aggressive, Mark. No, one's, no one here has blamed the police. I don't, I don't think I've been aggressive, and I don't think I sound aggressive. Gosh. Uh, I think you tried to present this in a way to suggest that there, there's going to be turmoil and trouble. No. I suggest the EDL no. will be away by about five o'clock. No. There's, not plenty said... of, there's going to be plenty of police officers who, on the day, more than what enough is, police is officers beef? to keep the town safe, and I think it's going to go really well. Mark, at no point, I don't know what you've been listening to, at no point... Have we suggested this is going to kick off? We have spoken to shopkeepers and cab drivers who are going to close their shops and aren't going to turn up in their cabs. You, you've said that... You, you've come on... The first line you said was, this isn't the police's fault. Well, we've not said it's the police's fault. I don't know what, why you... What, what would you like me to... What do you want to talk about then? Let's put that behind us. I don't believe I did represent myself in that way. I, I'm just trying to that's reassure That's what you said. People. That's actually what you said. That's because you actually said it doesn't paint a very good picture, does it? And I think there was a strong implication in this, is what are the police doing about it? And that's what I'm actually trying to explain. Uh, Mark, so... Mark, I'm, I'm going to let you go, Mark. Thanks for coming on. OK, no problem. Bye-bye.
Guys? Guys? Bueller? Did I just have a row with the Chief Inspector? I have no idea what happened. I didn't even want to do the bloody EDL story. I didn't even want to do it. I'm the one that says when the EDL are doing a march, I don't want to do it. I never want to talk about it. I don't want to give them the publicity. What on earth just happened there? There'll be a complaint. Boss, expect a complaint from a copper. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. If you're heading south on the M1 this morning, there are delays from Junction 13 for Bedford towards the Toddington services. It's because of an accident there where a car has hit the central reservation and emergency services are there on the scene at the moment. In Watford, it's looking quite busy at the moment around the Stevenson Way out of Watford and it's looking a bit slow on the A505 into Hitchin as well. Having a look at the rest of the motorways, we've not got any reports of any problems on the M4 or the M40. And for commuters heading into London this morning, we've not been told about any problems on the train so far. Smart Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Half past eight time, Lee Agnew. The headlines The UK Independence Party has its second elected MP at Westminster after winning the Rochester and Strood by election. The Liberal Democrats lost their deposit with just 349 votes. A woman is facing eviction from her family home in Stevenage following the death of her mother. Gemma Sheldrick says she's not been given the chance to prove she's lived there for a year. And shops, some shopkeepers in Luton say they'll be closing their doors tomorrow ahead of a demonstration by the English Defence League. Despite the police urging them to stay open, they say they don't want their windows broken. The weather will be bright at first but turning cloudy without breaks of rain. Top temperatures around 10 degrees Celsius. That's 50 degrees Fahrenheit. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Stevenage are out of the FA Cup after losing 2-1 to Maidstone United in the first round replay last night. The home side got the winner with three minutes left on the clock. Refusing to blame the defeat on the 3G pitch, Stevenage manager Graham Wesley praised his opponents. They were more than a match for us over the two games. Um, we play them on grass, we play them here, people talk about the surface, not about the surface, their appetite and their attitude to, to winning, their know-how in terms of winning. Um, they've got some good quality players there, lads who are way below the level they're capable of playing at, and uh, they deserve to beat us. And Stevenage play Northampton tomorrow, while Watford face Championship leaders Derby. Luton travel to Burton Albion and Wickham play Cheltenham. It's the MK Dons against Port Vale. And Dons manager Carl Robinson says he's already told his strikers which of the next five games he'll be playing in. I spoke to him both yet on Tuesday. I said, is this better for you? And Ben, oh, it's great, because now I know I can work harder on this day, knowing I'm not starting on that day, but knowing I can prepare for this day. It means that I know I've got 25 minutes of a come on there, that I know what I've got to do, because I've watched, and Griggy said exactly the same. He said, what would you, I said to the two, what would you prefer? And they went, no, no, this is the way we want to do it. So it's working. In motor racing, Lewis Hamilton says he doesn't feel under pressure ahead of the title-deciding Abu Dhabi Grand Prix this weekend. Hamilton leads Mercedes teammate Nico Rosberg by 17 points and needs to finish second if Rosberg wins to secure the title. But Hamilton says his familiarity with the circuit could work in his favour. It's a great circuit. It's generally suited the car that I I had um, when I was back in McLaren years ago and it's definitely a track that's has suited my driver's style in the past, um, but every year is different, and um, I hope to take that positivity into this weekend. 
and first practice gets underway in half an hour's time. BBC Three Counties News and Sport with more at nine o'clock. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 455 555 is the telephone number. My apologies to Chief Inspector Mark Eubanks there if he felt that he was slighted in any way. Never my intention at all. We've got people phoning up saying I cut him off, didn't cut him off. I just, it just wasn't working for me. I, I just want to ensure that uh, the, I didn't even want to talk about the EDL. Let me just tell you this. When the EDL are doing one of their marches, I never want to cover it on this show. And I'm always outvoted, OK? I'm always outvoted. I never want to talk about them. Never want to give them the oxygen of publicity. Never, I don't want to address it. Don't want to address it. Let's let them, you know, shrivel up, wither, wither away and die, right? So we, d- we did it because I was told we had to do it. Uh, so we have spoken to some shopkeepers who are going to close their shops. We have spoken to some cab drivers who are not going to go do the cabs. At no point, I don't know, I wasn't really listening to Justin Singh. I was kind of getting ready for the interview. I was reading through the questions. At no point did I blame this no. on the police I was at all. To, I was listening to Justin's um, stuff. And what he was doing was talking to people who didn't want to take the chance. That's all no, we were saying. At no point have, have, have we said, oh, it's the police's fault. Well, no, no, of course it's not. We live, we live in a fantastic democracy where I think it's great that the EDL can march. I genuinely do. I think it's brilliant that they can march because it shows that anyone can march. I just don't want to talk about them. No, we're talking about them for flipping ages. They win again. But, um, Kev, did, did, I, I, I don't know. Did I completely misjudge that, Kev? Yeah, I, I reckon he came on with total attitude towards you if, for some unknown reason I mean didn't give him ammunition as such to actually warrant it I, I, I suspect there'll be complaints later on in the day. Oh, well, another one to add to the list. Um, well, yeah. Well, but, I, you know, listen, and, and, and I can't believe we said a row with the chief inspector. I'm in trouble. Uh, you know, Mark does a great job. The police here, I think, for the most part, apart from, you know, one or two things that are being investigated, I think they do a great job. I think it's great that the police are going to be policing this weekend. I think it's a waste. I think it's a waste of money. I think it's a waste of resources. But they're doing their job. So... Uh, uh, and, mm. and we have spoken to people who are not going to be working on Saturday because I of mean, this. I mean, as, as for that shopkeeper saying he's, he, he doesn't want to open, I quite understand where he's coming from because the police cannot guarantee. No, 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 uh, no, no, Kev. He can guarantee it's going to. He can guarantee it's going to be safe. Well, apparently. I guarantee you're here differently Monday. Well, Kev, thank you. I don't. I don't know. I hope we don't. They guarantee that can be safe. Will there be any injuries? Oh, I can't guarantee that. That's what safe means. Oh, he sighs heavily knowing he'll be called into the boss's office to explain his actions and be told he's gone too far and he'll defend himself and his defence will be ignored. Paul's in Luton. Morning, Paul. <laughs> Morning, mate. What you got? Sorry, I, I, I never catch a name because you're so, you're so smart. Uh, yeah, exactly. I never give it out. You know what, mate? I think you are unbelievable. Why is that? Because it is every morning, right? Yeah. Now, this morning, me, I mean, I'll explain to you my situation. I'm like you, I'm very um, opinionated. And also, I've got an ABI. You know what that is, isn't you? No. It's a brain injury. All oh, right, okay, how'd you and get that? Like, I mean, you've even overpowered my medication this morning. Wow. <laughs> First of all, it was about the um, U kit, wasn't it? Yeah. And then. And then suddenly you got switched up with the EDL thing. But I'll tell you what you do, it's so clever. You 
Well, I reckon you've studied something in the past, mate. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've studied video games. Does that count? Well, I think you've done... I reckon you've studied m- mental health disorders or mind. You've pulled so many people out of the woodwork this morning. I should think hard beds and bucks will be at riot by dinner time. <laughs> Paul, <laughs> but, you got any of that medication to spare? Because I think I could do with some this no, morning. I said to the lady, you've overpowered it. Wow. Wowzers. So, so I'm better than drugs. But you're like, you're a fisherman. You dangle the bait. Yeah. And they bite though, didn't they? They, didn't they just? So someone on Twitter rather cruelly calls it moron fishing. I would never use such a phrase. Moron fishing? Yeah. Oh, do you know what I would call it? There's a name for it. Yeah? I can't think of it all because I'm not that brainy, but what it is, when you're trying to get out of somebody, it's got to be the policeman, you, you set the bait and yeah. people fall for it. Yeah. And then they bite. Yeah. And when people get hit up, like you know, yeah. they say things they shouldn't say and drop themselves right in it, don't they? That's the way. That's the way it was. Although with the copper pot, I don't think I said anything. And I, 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 genuinely, I didn't I, hear that. No, I, 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 I apologise. To, I apologise to the chief inspector if 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 I did say anything that was misleading about the police force, that was disrespectful. I've got great respect for the police, right? And if I said anything that was rude or misleading or offensive, then I humbly apologise. Okay, I humbly apologise. All my dealings with the police, Paul, have been brilliant. Most of my dealings with the police have well, been brilliant. No, but I, I, just, I just picked up. One. Yeah, we go. Thank you very much indeed, Paul. Uh, but. I just picked up an attitude there and a, an accusatory tone. Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five is the uh, telephone number if you want to uh, give us a call. I do. Yes, Ian points out he listens every morning, but he doesn't know your name. Yeah, I know. He's got brain injuries on a lot of medication. Can we get some of that medication from that guy, please? Are we, are we, are we allowed to? No, I don't think so. I think okay. that might be illegal. Thank you very much indeed. We didn't get to talk about Jeremy Vine on his bicycle, speeding. Or I can make you psychic. I'm feeling I can make you psychic. I feel we need a little light as it's been a very slim, shady show this morning. Clairvoyant, day two. Stars medium shows how to use your own powers. I can make you psychic. And there's a picture of her with some really big stars. Tracy Emin, Kim Kardashian and Sunita. So up a minute. Yeah. Kim Kardashian. Yep. Tracy Emin. Yeah. And Sunita. Uh yeah, she's she's a psychic to the stars. Spirit guides. Jane, she spells her in the name Jane with a Y. There's a Y in there. I think that's allowed. Yeah, I know, but it you, it implies mystical crystals and patchouli oil. <laughs> Jane says we all have a spirit guides. They're all around us. When I do a reading, my spirit guide will link with the spirit guide of the person I'm reading, usually a loved one they've lost. They give messages to my spirit guide. Tools like intuition... Sorry? If your spirit guide is someone you've lost, who was your spirit guide before? Before you lost them? Maybe somebody else you lost. Uh-oh. Or um, one of the Three Stooges, I don't know. Tools like intuition and sixth sense can help you to connect and you need to be open to signs. If someone is trying to speak to you, the signs will be repetitive. When I smell tobacco, I know my dad is there. Or it could be an aftershave, a loved one. You so so aftershave. You're, what you smell of when you die goes with you. What what about Elvis? We all know where he died. <laughs> Is that smell? You know, I'd leave it twenty five thousand millennia. <laughs> if you smell that, but no one is around, you know it is the loved one. If you see a feather, it means a spiritual loved one is around you. Or, birds. or a cat's had a pigeon. <laughs> when I see a ladybird or a robin, I always think of my mum. Uh... <laughs> Is she trying to contact me as well? Because I've seen ladybirds and robins. When I see muddy shoes in my house, I think of my mum, because she would always tell me off for it. Kelly, sorry? Maybe that lady's name was Robin. Yeah, or her mum was a bird. 
Or a lady? Bird. A lady came to see me once and a bumblebee got in our room. I pointed out and she said, It's my mum. She always comes to me. <laughs> it's nature. Let's leave this and uh, stop talking nonsense. I think Can it's nice that people have things to remind them. I, I tell you what, I, I noticed this the other day, because um, my shower's not working, I've got a filthy, fil- I've got a filthy aura. My aura is filthy. Well, luckily, it tells you how to cleanse your aura here. Sit in a quiet space with relaxing music and slowly breathe in for five seconds, then exhale for five, advises Jane. Straight now. Visualise, nah. Visualise a white light going around you. Um, uh, and as you breathe in, take in the white energy and feel it cleansing your body. Then exhale negativity and the strains of the day. I'd recommend doing it for three to five minutes every day. When I f- it's not cleansing your aura, it's just like a really basic meditation. Sounds like having a cigarette, but without the cigarette. Oh. Or just having to relax. Angel cards, angel oh, cards, no, for goodness. Angel cards, Akbar. Good morning, Ian. Good morning, angel cards, Akbar. <laughs> Ian, I was very disappointed uh, with, the, with the attitude of uh, the chief inspector you spoke uh, um, about five, six minutes ago. Yeah. Um, he, it appeared that he, he came, uh, came uh, to, to speak to you with a, with a predetermined attitude that uh, he was going to take you on, and that's what he did. Chief Inspector Mark Upex from Beds Police, and again, I, I will keep saying this, I apologise if, if I in any way... Uh, was was loaded was was uh, was weighted was was anti police. I I had none of that. I, at no point I Ian, said it was the police's Ian, fault. Ian, Ian, I don't think there is anything for you to say to in defence of yourself because uh, you didn't say anything, and for the, uh, for that matter, I didn't hear anything that that could have uh, um, uh, asked that. Uh, do you think? Do, do you think? Yeah. Did, did it sound to you that uh, the chief inspector had um, had an attitude? Yes, right, exactly. Okay. And I yeah. think that that is part of the... Uh, Akbar, listen, thank you, I, I'm going to move on. I think that that is part of the problem with some police officers. I'm sure Mark just had a bad morning, it's fine. But with some police officers, they don't realise that they sound like they've got a negative attitude. They don't realise that they sound like that. And, and I don't know what you do about that, but I think that's why some people don't like coppers. Can I just clarify, if anyone, I mean, he... The suggestion was that we were ramping this up. I don't think we were ramping it up. We'd spoken to a couple of people who didn't want to take any chances. I hope it does go safely this weekend. I hope it does. It, the, the, of course the police are going to say, hey guys, come to Luton, it's safe, because that's their job and that's what they want to do. But we have spoken to some people. We didn't, we didn't um, fake those people. We didn't make those people. They genuinely got in touch and said, yeah, I'm worried, because the EDL are going to be here. And the other bunch are going to be here, and I'm worried about my business. And cabbies are worried, and they're not going to be working, some of them. That guy was willing to forgo £2,000 worth of business. Are we, are we not supposed to report that? I mean, it's a story. 08459. 455. 555 is the telephone number if you uh, want to give us a call. Crystal Readings. I used to go to school with a girl called Crystal Readings. Fibber. I learned how to do crystal readings. No, you didn't. Well, I, I paid Someone, a woman yeah. some money and I went to her house and Jane says the crystals choose you. Oh, come off it. So it doesn't matter how much you spend on them. You can even use bits of coloured card or ribbon, so not crystals. So the healing power of the crystal could come from a bit of card. What would you like to say? Each colour has a different meaning. Meaning, The reader asks the other person to pick a crystal from a bag. If your friend picks pink... 
she needs to talk about her love life. <laughs> Key words for each colour. Clear, spiritual. Purple, intuition. Yellow, gut. Brown, <laughs> I think we know. I think we know what that stands for. 08459 455. 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call. More of your calls after this. Travel news for beds, cards, and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 southbound is queuing from Junction 13 for Bedford towards the Toddington services because of the accident there where the car has hit the central reservation and the emergency services are still there on the scene at the moment looking at the cameras. Checking the A1M and things are moving very well in mo- both directions at the moment and the M25 is moving well for this rush hour period as well. Although it's looking quite busy on the North Orbital Road where it meets the M25 Junction 21A roundabout. In Watford, Exchange Road is looking very heavy around Upton Road and Beach and Grove as well on the speed centre and into High Wycombe. It's looking quite heavy still on Marlow Hill through the roadworks that are in place around there at the moment. As I report, so have any problems on the public transport this morning or on the trains, Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much. 8.46, it's Friday the 21st November. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. UKIP have another elected MP after winning the Rochester by-election. Bedfordshire Police say Luton Town Centre will be safe tomorrow despite protests by the EDL and Unite Against Fascism. And Stevenage Borough Council has told a woman that she can't stay in her council home after her mother passed away. Coming up, more of your phone calls. Let's get the weather. Here's Sarah. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, we've been talking about outbreaks of rain spreading into the three counties this afternoon, but actually we've got a little bit uh, going to come in, I think, a bit earlier than that, just looking at the latest radar picture. The area of rain has sort of expanded itself. And so I think late morning is when we need to start to cater for the risk of some outbreaks of rain. Initially, uh, the odd heavier bursts mixed in, then drying up for a time, and then some lighter interludes uh, through this afternoon. It'll be pretty cloudy then throughout, and the temperature's struggling a bit, 7 or 8 Celsius at best today. Day, but warming up through the night, oddly. Uh, by tomorrow morning, we're at 10 or 11 Celsius as the southerly wind sets in and gives us some warmer air. Tomorrow, outbreaks of rain again, particularly as we go through the morning and then later in the day, they'll become quite heavy. There will be some drier weather mixed in. Top temperature tomorrow, well above average for the time of year, at 13 or 14 Celsius. And we continue with rain for Sunday too. A pretty unsettled weekend then, Ian. Thank you very much. iPlayer leaves on the line and... Overrunning engineering works. iPlayer being told... Your call is important to us. For the 50th time. iPlayer being kept awake by the local wildlife's nighttime activities. For the third time this week. And iPlayer taking ticket number 93, just as you hear... Ticket number 7, come to the counter, please. BBC iPlayer, BBC Radio and TV, always there when you need it. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Roshan's in London. Morning, Roshan. Hi, morning. Morning. What have you got for us? Uh, Basically, I just wanted to ask, is the extremism only uh, restricted for minorities? Uh, I don't know what you mean. So if the EDF is actually able to operate, I mean, obviously they are an extremist party. In your opinion? Yes. Uh, whereas uh, they are obviously um, not, you know, they're not including all the other par- uh, uh, other people. No, they, uh, they, 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 they would say that they don't exclude anybody. 
mean, they just watched English wives, aren't they? So obviously they, they don't cook no. anybody else. No, they don't. Okay, so therefore, in my opinion, no. they're an extremist party. No, well, no, they, well they, they may be racist or not, but they, they, they will allow anybody of any colour or ethnicity to join them. Oh, I didn't realise that. Yep. Okay, so what is this? What does the EDO stand for? I mean, English Defence League. Yeah, well, what, 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 what do they represent? I've got. I, you know, I don't really know. I don't. I, I don't. I don't particularly like them, but um, they're not going around saying we should kill people or we should burn. They're certainly not saying it in public that we should kill people or anything like that. So they should be allowed to march. Okay. I mean, in my opinion, I think they, they are a racist party. Okay. And Therefore, they shouldn't be allowed to operate. Well, what have they... But hang on a minute. You you didn't understand that anyone could join them. In what way are they racist? I don't know. I mean... Well, then you can't say they're a racist party if you don't know how they're racist. You have to be able to qualify that. But why is it that all the shops are closing it down, then? Well, I don't know, because they're, they're, cause they're... Well, I do know why the shops are closing, because the EDL will be there, but also the other side will be there. Unite Against Fascism will be there. And when those two get together, it was Moida. Right, OK. I, I, I don't know. I think the, a, lot, a lot of the people in the minority feel that they are a racist party, and I'm one of them. But you don't I know why, Roshan. You don't, you don't know why. I've already just said that anyone of any colour and ethnicity I, I, I could join. See, I don't see English... English, I don't see minorities are represented in the English Defence League, and that's probably why. Well, that, well, but but there aren't that there aren't particularly many minorities represented in Parliament. Doesn't mean Parliament's racist, does it? There aren't many minorities represented here. Doesn't mean we're racist, does it? Uh, They're uh, allowed to join the EDL if they want. Well, I I would like to apply for them and see whether they would let me join or if you did that and you recorded it, we'd probably play that on the radio. Yeah, OK. Thanks very I much mean- indeed. Uh, I think it's brilliant. <sighs> I've fallen into their trap, Kath, because I, I, you, as you know, I didn't want to do this story. I never want to do this story. And I've already spoken about them. We were going to give them seven minutes and I've already spoken about them for about 30 minutes now. But... I think it's great that the English Defence League can march in this country. I think it's great that they can march in this country because it shows that we, we may not like the message, but people have the right to march and protest. Brilliant. Brilliant. It's a shame it costs so much. Yeah, but people are allowed to. And I think that's a great thing. Wish we hadn't touched this story with a big, long, dirty See, stick. the the worry we have is that we're advertising it. Exactly. And now we are. Flipping it. We've fallen into their... Into their well, let's um, stop talking about it. Stopped. Dealey. You haven't advertised it at all. We've just banged on about it for 35 mm. minutes. I think it's a tedious no. story. No, I think it's a tedious story. I've got mm-hmm. no interest in talking about them. We've just played totally into their slimy little no. hands by banging on about no, them. No, I don't think so. I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. I was at a protest back in 2011. There were, what, 3,000 people there that day. Tomorrow, to put this into perspective, uh, 421 people on their Facebook page, the EDL Facebook page, have said they're going tomorrow. Well, that, so does, that doesn't mean anything. It's a lot Justin. smaller scale. But, but that, that doesn't mean most anything. most people going to this march tomorrow will be from outside the patch. It's our duty as a local radio station, I no. believe, well, to tell I people disagree. what's going on. I disagree strongly with you. I don't think it's our duty to advertise the fact that, uh, that the EDL are doing a march. And do you know what? I don't want to talk about it on this show ever again. I think it's a waste of time. It's kicked off with that copper. We've banged on about it for 35 minutes. I don't think it's our duty to, to, to give attention to that at all. At all. I'm just saying that the people tomorrow going into Justin, Luton... Justin, I don't care. You've been out there to talk about the flag. 
Okay. Uh, yeah, front page of The Sun, um, Emily Thornbury, uh, the, according to The Sun, a rich Labour MP. Um, she has tweeted this photograph of uh, somebody's house, uh, a white van with the English flags out the front. And uh, it's got a lot of people very upset. I mean, she's made no comment about this being chavvy, no comment about it being racist at all, but it's, it's a dig at people in this country. You've been talking about it this morning, getting calls on it. So what we said earlier on was that I was going to take the front page to the streets, show people the front page, and just get their initial reaction to seeing those English flags outside somebody's home. I've done that. Here's what happens. Well, it's up to them if they want to fly the flag. That's fair play to them. But um, it looks a bit tacky. But if that's their belief, that's their belief. Are there people near you who fly the flag? Yes, there are. How many? Um, two or three. I don't think it looks very good. No, it doesn't do the community any good, does it? Why not? just doesn't, doesn't look right. I partly agree with Ian sometimes. It does look a little bit cheesy. But on the other hand, there are some people that are just very proud to be British. So... It's kind of a bit of a catch-22. I get the impression you wouldn't fly the flag outside your home. No, I wouldn't fly that flag, not particularly, no. If that was your next-door neighbour... I have one across the road, and he doesn't bother me, I don't bother him, and they're proud, you know, so... So he's flying the flag outside his home? Yeah, and his neighbour as well, so... I look at it every day. When you go home, Mm -hmm. are you embarrassed to live down that road? And be honest. No, I'm not. Okay, madam, there's the front page of the sun. Um, The English flag's flying there. Just give us your initial reaction. When you see that, what do you think about that? I really don't think there's anything wrong. I mean, this is England, and why not? You know, it is the English flag at the end of the day. You don't think it's a bit shabby, a bit tacky? No. It's mainly done when it's the football season anyway. It's not done every day. You don't see it all the time. And, of course, England were playing this week. Yes, they were. Great stuff. Thanks very much. Thank you, Steve. 08459 455 505. So we've got time to talk about Jeremy Vine, speeding Vine. Jeremy Vine on a bicycle. BBC star stopped for cycling at 16 miles per hour. He's got one of those cameras on his head. I might start wearing a camera on my head. A helmet cam. Well, yeah. Do I need a helmet? Can I just not have a cam cam? Uh, a head cam. I suppose you could. I will, imagine if I just... What are you filming, though? You? We're uh, filming you now. We're filming you um, in your face now. Wow. I want one of those, but it'd be pointless. You'd just see loads of people's waists all day. <laughs> Some people... So uh, some people like those footage. Those foot- anyway, you, you see all these cyclists <laughs> with, um, with these... these uh, what are they called? Helmet, helmet cams. cams. Okay. Can I get a helmet cam? But just yeah. like without the helmet? Uh, I want a bionic eye. I want a bionic eye that just films everything. You've got that, but you, you're the only one who can watch it back. True, true. Good films. Great memories, great times. Uh, start racing along. This is the, uh, the Daily Mail. Start racing along at more than three times the speed limit and you might expect the police to come after you. What you might not expect is to get anywhere near to three times the speed limit when pedalling through the park on two wheels. What? That's exactly what happens to Radio 2 star and all-round nice guy Jeremy Vine. There'll be truck drivers who are having to pull over now to wipe the tears from their eyes. He always does that, doesn't he? Yeah. We've got a text in um, from Steve, the trucker. J- Jeremy, really moved by that interview with the mum there. I've had to pull over and wipe the tears from my eyes. That's a actually a really good impression. But that's <laughs> all he does. This is all he does is just, he makes truckers cry. Why? Leave the truckers alone. This is beef with the truckers. Got nothing to contend with. Jeremy Vine was confronted by police armed with guns 
speed guns oh. as he cycled in Hyde Park yesterday. He was caught zipping along at 16 miles per hour when regulations limit cyclists to just five miles per hour in London. Oh, you, but I, I walk faster than five miles an hour. What, what bicycle has a speedometer? It's an unfair competition. You can't tell how fast you're going. It always feels fast with the wind in your face. That's that, well, if, that's no excuse. I, I, I didn't know. I, was, I didn't know. Uh, I'm trying to think of an example. Um, I didn't. I had my eyes closed. So I didn't know I murdered them. Well, it was still a murder. <laughs> what? That's a bad example. It wasn't the best, was it, Kelly? You well done for keep working on that. Okay. Do you want to come up with another one? If you can, we got um, we got two minutes. Okay. Um, um, it's like saying I did throw a stone at the bus, but it missed. No, it's not. No, the, no. the, the thing about the, having your eyes blindfolded was that you not knowing that you'd done it is not a defence in law. I've got what you're saying. Um, yeah, but fairness, fair is fair. Great campaign. That was my campaign for something, wasn't it? Yes. Anyway, a camera on the BBC presenter's helmet on his head captured the moment <laughs> the officer stopped him and showed him the reading on their speed gum. Vine 49 was apologetic. I bet, bet he, he was. was. You right, Kelly? I've just got one of the tears from my eyes. <laughs> I'm sorry if you are a trucker and you, you, you're, you're crying now. I, hope, I wonder if anybody's been killed because um, d- d- Jeremy Vine has made that. a trucker cry so much they just couldn't pull over in time. Don't say that. Vine so, 49 was apologetic, but suggested that such a low speed limit puts cyclists in danger by forcing them onto the roads. The star, who also presents eggheads... <laughs> <laughs> Helmet head... <laughs> Just imagine him going like the clappers. Shared his video with his 260,000 followers on Twitter. Gosh, it's as if he's not ashamed at all. And unbelievable. Are you allowed to film coppers and put, put the footage on, on Twitter just like that? Are you allowed to do that? I think if they're filming you, you can. Right, that's it. That's your lot. Thank you very much, everybody. New podcast will be up soon. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The M1 southbound is queuing from Junction 13 for Bedford towards the Toddington services because of the accident there at the Central Reservation. In Fancott, Luton Road is looking slow eastbound between the B530 and Luton Road with people avoiding the M1 and the problems there. The A5 is also looking very busy southbound towards Hockliffe between Leighton Road and the A505 junction. And it's also looking quite busy on the North Orbital Road where it meets the M25 junction 21A roundabout on the speed sensors. Having a look at the trains though, there's no reports of any problems there at the moment. Samantha Breath, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Samantha. As I was saying, there'll be a new podcast up in a few hours. You can get it by going to the BBC Three Counties Radio website or you'll be able to get it from iTunes. I don't know, maybe tonight or tomorrow. It takes a while. That was a fun show, wasn't it? Fingers crossed I'll be back on Monday. Who knows what will happen? If I die, find out why. Catherine, Justin, Kelly, thank you very much. We'll be back on Monday at 6. Coming up next is JVS. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Ian. Good morning. Welcome to the JVS Show. I'm Jonathan Vernon-Smith. It's Friday. It's nine o'clock. And on today's big phone-in, why do you think people voted for UKIP? Last night, UKIP won their second seat in Parliament as former Conservative Mark Reckless was voted...